Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. to another episode of Open the Voice Gate. We have the entire panel assembled here for the first time in like over a month, right? It's been a while. Um, so one, let's just go through introductions real quick again. We don't have a lot of time for uh, like personal chatter, unfortunately. It's a lot to get through in a short amount of time. Um, I'm still John. You may have heard me on the last episode with our special guests. Um, the rest of the main panel's back, though. It's Case. Hi, Case. Hi, John. Hi, Dylan. Hi. Hi, Jules. Hi. <laughs> so, everybody, Jules sounds like Sachihoko Boy today. Um, I don't know if Jules and Sachihoko Boy have been outside chain-smoking together, but <laughs> they I, both sound... You know what? I haven't smoked one cigarette today, and I think <laughs> you know why. <laughs> But I really, I really wanted to, and I didn't. So be proud of me. Sachi Hoko Drools is here today. Um, I'm so sorry. It's really gross. <laughs> Shut up! Oh my god. <laughs> I can't help but I'm sorry. All right. Um. So we are here to talk about a lot of shows and a lot of stuff. Before we get into it, I want to give a quick cheap plug. So. Nobody, nobody kill me over this, but if you're going to be in the Boston area in two weeks, 
I am going to be hosting a panel on Japanese professional wrestling during Anime Boston. Now, Anime Boston is an awesome event you should definitely come to, not just for my panel. But if you are in the Boston area, I am going to... Um, the panel is going to be Saturday at 5, I believe. Yeah, Saturday at 5, panel room 206. So come see me talk in public, which is always fun. And I will try not to giggle like a maniac like I do on this show. Um, but uh, yeah, and I'm going to show... We're going to show the, the last 15 minutes of the unit must disband three-way from Kurikan. Um, and we're also going to show the last 15 minutes of Tanahashi Okada from this year's Tokyo Dome. So it should be a fun time. Definitely come to that. I'm also doing Japanese indie music on Friday night at 6, but you probably don't care about that. But yeah, come come see me. Also, this is our last show for a while because I'm going to Japan. So You better come back with some hot sage. <laughs> um, also, but you're going to the show that has the M2K reunion, right? Yes, I'm going to... The April 7th Kurikan Hall show for Dragon Gate. I think the only thing on it so far is the MTK reunion, right? Do they book anything else yet? I don't believe they have. If you don't yeah. come back and tell me absolutely everything, I'm going to be very, very disappointed in you, John. <laughs> well, we'll definitely discuss it all on the next episode of the podcast. Besides that Dragon Gate show, I'm also going to the April 4th Tokyo Gurintai show, which has Dragon oh. Gate participation. Yeah. So Masaki Mochizuki ah. against Minoru Tanaka of ah. New Japan fans as the main event. I know I'm very I'm very excited. I might be more excited for that match than almost anything else on the on the entire trip. The only other thing I'm really really excited for is Okada Naito, but that's not Dragon Gate that's not Dragon Gate related. So. Just to clarify, the one other thing that's been booked for that Corkin show is Doi Kotoka and Mandai Ryu against Dragon Gate. Oh yeah, where. If- Punches oh, team no! punch has to retire. I did. For, thank you so much, Case. Oh, Sucks the happiness out of this room right now, Case. Thank you so much. I thought it was a happy occasion. I thought we were going to celebrate. Uh, we're we're going to actually go to war on the podcast, Case. That's how it's going to be. Look, it's Case, not. It's not my fault. Punch Tominaga. He doesn't deserve this. <laughs> Jules, I'm not going to be able to laugh. Or not laugh after everything you say. I'm just really enjoying your Sachi Hoko boy uh, voice today. Sorry. Fight, fight me. I just re- I just realized I plugged in my boss when I was saying what it is. It's April 24th through 20 or April 25th through wait <laughs> March 25th through March 27th. Do not show up to Boston in April. There will be nothing happening. March 25th to March 27th. Okay. So come see me give this level of public performance in person. I would, I, if we have time, I'm going to like put the microphone on and see if we can do a little mailbag, like a live mailbag, and then see if people have Dragon Gate questions. I can stick them on the show, but I don't know. We'll see. That'd be fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we, we got to get going here. Um... <laughs> We need to start off with the big news. Uh, well, I guess the old big news, which was we had two Dreamgate championship changes in between our our last show. Yeah, that's true. We have we so Susumu won the title on two fourteen Valentine's 14. Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day, and he lost the belt back to Shing, to Shingo on March sixth. Yes. 
the champ the second Champion Gate show. Now the t- the first title change is made air already. We've all seen it. We can give our thoughts. The second title change is not made air yet. Um, both the Champion Gate shows. Yep, they're combined into one into one uh Infinity, and it's airing March twenty third. So about ten days from now. Yeah, so like it'll be late night Tuesday for us, late night the twenty second, and then. I imagine if you don't have access to Gaora, it will probably emerge pretty quickly. Lately, they've been they've been much quicker about uploading it's, Dragon Gate stuff. Better, better emerge really quickly because I want to see that Maria Kotoka match. Yes. And I want to. There's see been that, a lot I of. I want to see that Maria Sazawa kiss too. <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see everyone crying when T Hawk and Big R Shamizu beat Doyama. Oh my god. I know. I There's been so much. The, entire, the entire Dragon Gate fandom just went up in flames, and I'm just like, good, because I was waiting for that. So. But yeah, so there's actually been a lot of title changes since we've last yeah. recorded. Two Dream Gate, Brave Gate, Twin Gate. The only title that hasn't changed hands is the Triangle Gate, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's a little ironic. It's usually, it's usually yeah. the one that changes hands every two seconds. So. Um, I keep forgetting they have those titles. Until they have a title match. That's how often I remember. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. You can challenge for those belts because they still exist. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Monster Express is having like a long reign, with, especially for the Triangle Gate. So yeah. Yeah. I, we'll see how long that goes. Um, all right, so let's let's maybe do this in order. So February 14th, Hakata Star Lanes, Truth Gate. Um, I'm trying desperately to remember things that happened on this show. It- um, uh, I remember pulled up right here. Really important. It, it was a pretty quiet show. It was another T Hawk Big yeah. R singles match. Uh, there was a fun six man with Yoshino Tozawa and KZ beating Doi Yamato and Kotoka. And then there's obviously the main event, which is what we really need to talk about, which was Susumu going over Shingo in just under 30 minutes. And not my favorite match of the year. Something that probably won't finish my top 10, but something that I thought was an outstanding display of professional wrestling. Yeah, before we get to minute, I do want to mention really quickly, this was also the show where Big R joined Monster Express. Yes. So, because after the T-Hawk-Big R match, T-Hawk invited Shimizu to Monster Express, and that formed their tag team, which obviously comes into play later. Um, also, this was the show where Maria first challenged for the Brave Gate, or Katoka came out and basically told Maria she's going to challenge for the Brave that Gate. There's also a very gross... That piece of sorry? shit. Yes, there was a very gross angle on the show. I don't it, even really want it, to talk about it. Not either. Like, like, we'll, we'll get into it, but if you look at the pictures of Maria after she won, she's wearing, like, a black bra top underneath her normal one, and I'm like, did she actually have to bring that out in case he pulled her top off again? And I'm thinking that's I, what might have happened. Yeah, Katoka's an asshole. Anyway. We have to kill him! We have to kill him! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to stop laughing at Jules' voice because it's. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the so, <laughs> so the main event, Shingo Susumu. As Kay said, I thought it was a really good match. Not like match of the year candidate, really, but a very good match. Okay, I kind of want to say something. It's gonna be tedious. Bear with me. Um. I saw a lot of people um, complaining that Susumu kind of stopped selling his arm, like, after, like, two-thirds of the match. 
and usually that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me in Dragon Gate, but it's true that after seeing the match, I was kind of like, it is kind of weird that this just completely went away because it wasn't just Shingo attacking his arm during the match; it was Shingo attacking his arm for weeks and weeks and weeks leading up to that match. And mm-hmm. so I usually wouldn't be too bothered by like no selling in Dragon Gate. But this was, like, when I saw it, I was kind of like, that's a little bit weird. But that was really the only thing that bothered me about the match. I thought it was really great. I thought Tsusumu is amazing, and Shingo is, was really, really, really brutal, which I love. So, that was my take. I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> that, was the, that was the only good news I got that night. That was the same night as... um. That was the same night. I don't remember. I think I can't remember if it was when they lost the titles or when they went up against for the the Briscoes and Yano for the titles again. But that was the news when like Tom and Tonga didn't get the six man titles. And I like I was at work and it just broke my heart. And I'm like, this is a terrible, horrible day. Because <coughs> and then like all of a sudden I check my notifications on Twitter and I'm getting accused of being a witch and having people demanding to know what I did to Shingo. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then I, I was sending you like 500 DMs. I was sending you 500 DMs because I was watching that, that New Japan show at the same time and then uh, following um, what was going on on Twitter through Jay. And I saw I saw the tweet and I was like, holy shit. And I was like, Tanahashi who? Sumu is the new Dream Gate champion. Oh my God. And I was sending you a ton of DMs, and, you know, it was beautiful. I will say when I watched the actual match, um, normally I don't have a problem with interferences where Berserk is concerned, but I had about 5 million problems with every single interference over and over and over and over again. And like I told Jules, I don't really think Dragon Gate uh, did enough to establish why Susumu was such a much bigger threat than all of Shingo's other opponents, sure, he got a few lucky, like, roll-up wins, but it wasn't really a big deal for them to pull out, like, literally every stop on the train to Interferenceville. And, like, over and over, and I know the the salt ended up, you know, playing into the finish, or at least Shingo said it did. I mean, they was, there was an extended period of wrestling after that, which they used in the argument to say it wasn't really that big. But, I mean, there was just too much interference, and I was actually starting to get annoyed. And usually I'm not annoyed with Berserk, because I know that's how they work. But, like, it, you know, it wasn't necessary. There was just too much of it. They could have cut down on it and still had the same effect. But it was just over and over and over again. I think it's a match that doesn't transcend the Dragon Gate style. If you're a Dragon Gate fan, I think it's a match you should watch. I think it's a match you might enjoy. But if you're someone that's on the fence or a very casual Dragon Gate fan, this might not be the match for you because it's heavy on the interference. Uh, Jules mentioned Susumu's sort of spotty selling towards the end. And it's Shingo and Susumu doing what they do best, which is doing a lot of moves and hitting each other really hard. Um, I will say in retrospect, though, I'm kind of glad the title reign wasn't as long as it was because I've been on Susumu's blog recently, and he's having um, some internal bleeding issues in his leg, which is why his thigh is always wrapped when you see it when he's wrestling. So it maybe um, was a better idea to keep the title reign short, which I know you wouldn't expect me to say, but I don't really want him to be in a position where he could get more hurt because, you know, as the champion, you're expected to deliver 
way more than you already do, and, like, I don't want him to get hurt. He talks about his, like, hurting all the time when I translate the blog over, so I'd rather him be in a position where he doesn't have to worry about it as much, because, like, it seems like it's really, really hurting him. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that 214 Fukuoka show? Um, the only other thing we should mention is Yamato, um, Yamato's role in Shingo losing and like the beginning <laughs> of teasing some dissension there at Yamato and Shingo, because that's a theme that's still playing out, I feel like. We're going to get so, Yamato, that's what's going to happen. I think, I think that's the path we started on here, but it could be, a, it could be a swerve, who, who really knows? I'd like to think it'd be a swerve, just because, I mean, yo, Dragon Gate, they turn guys, and really, besides Dragon Kid for that brief extent in 2011, we went to the Blood Warriors for, you know, what felt like a month and a half. Everyone sort of, you know, they play that babyface role, then they play that heel role. I really think Yamato just needs to stick in his path, because he's someone that hasn't been stale since he joined Mad Blanky, and we saw his last face run with Junction 3 and then into Shingo's old unit that I cannot pronounce the name of. I can suit That's the one. It's um, not that hard. Okay, Jules. <laughs> Kate, uh, how can you not pronounce that and you're supposed to be a fan of Japanese wrestling? Get on it, man. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But uh, not a huge fan you of Babyface Yamato. I think he needs to stay here so he's doing. Yeah. I mean, I think... I, I completely agree with you, Chase. I think Yamato needs to stay healed, but they're definitely going to turn one of them soon, Yamato or Doi, and I really don't want to see face Doi. Doi! Doi in the face is fucking awful. Let's just be honest. He's not good at it. Now, I think Dragon Gate learned their lesson with his Dream Gate run that Doi needs to not ever have people cheer for him ever again. Well, he did. He did go back and do that one year in World One International, which was Ooh. pretty terrible, yeah. honestly. Ooh, I forgot about that. I <laughs> yeah, for that. which is pretty awful. I have to say, so, I have to say, um, a big fan of the Hot Pink Zebra year. Hot, hot. Yes, you know, no, that. that's the, that World One International unit was like Ricochet, Swan, Yoshino, Pac for a little bit, Doi, and maybe Sachi Hoko. Like, yeah, Sachi was. Yeah, fan. like. As a success rate, not a great unit, but like in terms of fashion, the pink and the gray worked really well together. And the zebra um, prints, like I said, Doi had some zebra prints on his uh, trunks and his boots, and it was like... It certainly was an upgrade from second Doi. A giant garbage bag that he wore <laughs> oh, uh, for pants would have been an upgrade over second Doi. Let it die! No, we can't let it die now. It's too funny. So anyway, so Yamato might be turning. Yeah. We'll say, but this was the start of it where he he threw the powder in and it nailed Shingo by mistake, and then he basically told Shingo to stop bitching him out because he's actually older than Shingo, even though Shingo's been in wrestling a little longer. So some tension started. They they te- they keep teasing that it might not be as bad as it looks. Like Yamato keeps going back to um you know, to to maybe being subservient again, but it's not... I think I think we're ultimately going to a face turn. They tease dissension with Doi, too, but Doi seemed to play his aside more willingly than Shingo. We'll get, we'll get into that, too. All right, so that's basically it then for Truth Gates, February 14th. Do, do you want... I, I'll oh, run wait, this down real to, fast. Do we need to discuss Do we need to discuss Kotoka? No! 
So we'll fast forward then to the March 2nd Cork and Hall show. Um, not a lot happening on the undercard here, although the, the, the Soccer Ichikawa tag match was like pretty funny. I don't know. Whenever oh sometimes him, him giving up before um <laughs> before uh, Linda could hit the tiger suplex. Yeah, Linda looks so confused. Like, what just happened? Did he give up? Yeah, Linda looked very confused. Yeah. Um. um the well, M2K versus M2K match. Yes. That was really good. I was, Although I was like, it, may, it, it was good, but it, there was something that made no sense because there was a part with um, Kanda, um, and he had Susumu in a in a, in a cross arm breaker, and I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> You're defeating the entire purpose of everything. <laughs> like you should not be focusing on his arms. Don't forget that he's like he's still your stable mate. You're just having this friendly match. Like, chill the fuck my, out. My favorite Look, Honda's not here. Candy don't play. <laughs> when Candy's in a match, he goes all out. He doesn't care who's facing. My favorite part was when Susumu was trying to throw the lariats and Mochi was throwing the kicks at the same time, and they just kept hitting each other over and over and over and over again. It's a spot yeah. I think they you know, do every you know time they wrestle, and every time it just, I love it. I think it looks so good. Yeah, 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 you know that picture of Daisuke Sekimoto in the t-shirt that says, I'm hard? Oh my god, no. That, that's you... me when they do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hard. <laughs> Thank you, Jules. Yeah, but I, that was really cool. I really liked that match, yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. Especially for a 12-minute match, it was, really, it was a good time. Um, yeah. So that led to the four of them deciding to team up. And that which was a pretty funny little segment. Oh my! God. And <laughs> he basically, I remember Mochizuki was like, they were looking for opponents and whatever. And Mochizuki's like, well, where no one answered. And Mochizuki, he said he was expecting either Crazy Max or Do Fixer. And when he says Do Fixer, like Genki, like he's like, that's me. <laughs> I was really. He's like, I'm Do Fixer. I'll fight you. <laughs> That it was, it was pretty good. I I enjoyed that whole segment. Um, so they they basically were like they just decided they're gonna walk off and try to find a challenge later. Um, so then we get to the special Yashi tag match. My favorite match. Of course. I, I I liked it. I was a little bit like underwhelmed by it to be honest, but um, it was just it was just so weird seeing Yashi in there again. <laughs> not in like a not in like a bad way, but just like in a. Like, wow, he has been gone a long time, and here he is again. He sticks out so much. Yes, exactly. He He sticks out and it's like, here's here's some indie sleaze. And it's like, well, Dragon Gate, you know, other than Arakin, I don't really know if I call them indie sleaze at this point. They're not really at all. No, they've got some polish there. And then Yachty shows up, and it's clear he hasn't been in the company in 11 years. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, again, I didn't dislike this match, and I like Yashi, but it just, it was like, wow, here's some indie sleeves in the semi-main event here. It's like, this doesn't feel like it really meshes at all, but it was, it was cool in that way, I guess, but it also, like, I thought it dragged a little bit, too. I don't know if they really needed 16, almost 16 minutes. When I was watching it, I, I just, I had that thought, and you could read my full review of the show on VoicesOfWrestling.com, I've got it up there, but it was, yeah, plug it, that was a solid plug, wasn't it? Um, yeah. It felt like just a, like they did everything right. It was a technically sound match. 
they were smooth, it was clean, and then the finish happened, and it killed all interest I have in ever seeing Yashi and Dragon Gate again. I guess they got out of that, you know, they protected everyone in the match, but just the DQ finish and a semi-main in Corkin, just, that's not what I look for in Dragon Gate's one of the main reasons I didn't like Shingo versus Gama from December. I just don't like those DQs and big matches in Corkin. I agree. No one liked that match. Uh, excuse me? No, the Shingo versus Gama. Oh, no. Well, I mean, for the comedy. Um, yeah. Actually beating the shit out <laughs> yeah, of Shingo. I, which, yeah. which, you know, the more I see Shingo getting ready to, you know, absolutely destroy, destroy the wrestlers I like, hey, I'll go back and rewatch that match a few more times. Yeah. Listen to Gamma talk about getting the visual pen. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough. That was enough for him. I, he was like, "All right, I got the visual about, pen." About the Ashi match, though, I think my favorite spot was when he whipped Yamato oh with his dreadlocks. Like he just and, and it echoed. It was really <laughs> loud. Right and out of my mouth. Yamato even looked a little bit shocked. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Once and again. Then, once again, you know that picture of Daisuke Sakimoto with a t-shirt <laughs> card? Yeah, okay. He wore he wore the he wore the easy access pants, which I was specifically looking for because it's a running joke on my locked account about how the crotch of his pants has been cut out, and he's got a pair Put of trunks on him. Put your whole head in there. <laughs> Shut up. And um. But I, I like I liked it. I liked the match. But then again, like I've been like majorly getting into this poor, poor angel who just got the shit beaten out of him for like most of his Dragon Gate career. He's not an angel. Come on, he's like a weed smoking, chair hitting son of a gun. Son of a gun. <laughs> That's how you finish that out. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I but like know his the, mother. Okay. I, I thought the match fit him. Like, I thought the DQ finish fit him. You're not going to hit brother... You're not going to hit current day brother Yashi with a fucking box and have him, like, not retaliate. No, that made... To me, that made perfect sense because that's who he is now. Like, that's that's the way he's gotten over the years. I'm sorry, but the end of that match, like, with Yoshino being like, why the fuck did you do that? Yashi was literally like, this is not a phase, Mom. This is who I am. And that's literally what happened. Oh. And it's and it's and it's accurate. I mean, you know, God bless Yoshino. Apparently, he's not watched a single brother Yashi match after Yashi left the company. Because <laughs> that stuff happens. All or the time. in or in the company. I or mean, he in was, the co- did you Just totally didn't pay attention during their tag matches together in Edacon or anything. Nope, he just turned a blind eye. Um, I'm sure he'd like to turn a blind eye to that old haircut of his. But <laughs> that was nice. Um, but no, I thought it fit him. Like, you know, there was this match I loved of his in Kana Pro where he and, uh, he went up against <laughs> and they spent like 10 minutes of the match just doing stretches and fucking around with each other. Like, that's just who he is as a wrestler. He kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, DJ Nira from DDT, from, um, DDT with just the sleaze and shit that he does. But, you know, that's just who he is. So I wasn't upset with the finish of the match because I'm like, well, of course he's going to hit them back if they hit him first. Like, that's just who he is, and it's kind of satisfying to see Berserk get hit with that box after how many times and how many people they've hit with it. It's just nice to see somebody be like, you know what, fuck the match. You hit me, and now I'm going to hit you both. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of logical in a way, but... I don't, it's, I don't it's think... It's true that it kind of, like, 
I was like, oh, that's it? I don't think but, we would have gotten know. a clean finish out of that match, though, because they don't want to um, make, Yoshi- make Yoshino look bad because um, he's, you know, a reigning Triangle Gate champion for whatever that means for Dragon Gate, depending on how they defend the belts. They can't don't make... that he's the OIA champion, too. Yeah, he's very proud of he that. He won't let you forget. He won't. You can't have Yamadoi take the fall, because, like, that's going to look so bad when they have to go to defend their titles that they got beat by this tag team that literally got together after 11 years. And they weren't going to bring Yashi in after 11 years just to have him eat a pinfall. I don't think he would have agreed to that. So they had to come up with something that was going to work because of the situation they wrote themselves in. And I think that they they found the one logical thing that they could actually get away with doing that still made sense in terms of the characters. Because there was no way you were going to get a clean finish out of that match. Me and Jules were talking about that for, like, a while after they called the match, that how, who were you going to have lose? It didn't make any sense. Yeah. All right, so, um, any other words on the Yashi semi-main? Well, do, do you want to touch on the future of Yashi and if he comes back? Yeah, we can do point. that. So we haven't heard anything about him since this show, right? Like, um, no, I've heard nothing. He's, he's, got a, he's got a three-way match coming up with Jun Kasai and Takeda in another promotion. That's as much as I've heard so far. If he gets out of that match, if he gets out of that, if he gets out of that match alive, which I don't think he's going to, because it's Takeda, but um, yeah, I heard. I that's that's as much as I've heard. But like, he books so sporadically on the indies that you never know where he's going to pop up. He could pop up on a zero one show like in a month or so. You know, it's just there's no real telling with him. But as far as I know, he does have that much coming out. And that match is, um, I do believe, later this month. I think it's on the 29th, I think was the date I saw on the poster. I have no idea. I just saw it, like, yesterday, but it's been a long time since then. But, um, yeah, that's what I've heard. And if he actually manages to survive a match with Jun Kasai and uh, Masashi Takeda, then, you know, we'll go from there. But, like, I don't know, kudos to him for getting that match. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm. I still not. I, I think we'll see him again. I'm not really sure when, but it seems kind of weird to bring him back and just have it be a DQ, and that's the last we ever see of him. So I don't know. I think he'll be back eventually. I mean, he needs to come back if only to he, need, he needs at least to, once. He needs to bring. He needs to come back one time with Kondo at least one time. I want to see them redo that move from that episode of Vominos Amigos where Yashi literally walked all the way up his body and then flipped off his shoulders, which was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Rest in fucking pieces, Sima, though. That was bad. <laughs> turn up! You know, please, please turn off the Fudanchi right now. That's <laughs> what we're here for. I mean, it is, but, you know. So Yashi, will, we, we think he'll be back is basically the consensus, right? Yes. I hope so, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Oh, okay. So, maybe we'll see him back, I guess is the consensus. We hope he'll be back. Yeah. Um, main so, event time. Main event, we had the 10-man tag. You know what? I think was... there's just one thing that I have to say. This is literally the only thing that I have to say because it's the only opinion that matters right now in this moment, in this instant, in in my life, is that KZ is the best fucking wrestler in the world. Yeah, KZ was great in this I, match like, again. Maybe not the best wrestler in the world, but like definitely top ten for me in Dragon Gate right now. If not top five, but that's just my bias. 
he's he's been my favorite wrestler in the world this year. Uh, three outstanding performances um, in Cork and main events. <laughs> but like, it's good enough for me. I think he did the best in that match. It's the second Kodakwen main event in which he gets pinned, and it's the second Kodakwen main event in a row where he's the best wrestler in the match. Yeah, he was he was he was fantastic in this match. Yeah, th- this is a step below the unit disbands match from the yeah. month prior, but I still think it's something that everyone needs to go out of their way yeah. to see, uh, simply for the Casey uh, interactions with uh, Shingo and Tanizaki, especially. Because yeah. like it, it maybe it's because it didn't have the stakes that the losing unit disbands match had, but in the same way, I feel like Casey delivered a performance that was like equal in intensity. And he delivered those uppercuts that are probably one of the things I love the most about him. So. Yeah, so I really enjoyed this match, too. Um, it was pretty damn good dead man tag. It went, all, it went 26 minutes, which is a little longer than I expected. But it was a, it was a really fun match. Yeah. Can't really complain anything about it. To, to remind people, it was Shingo, Kong, Naoki, Monchan, and Katoka... Against the Monster Express team of Tozawa, Sachi, T-Hawk, and Big R Shimizu, plus KZ. And KZ looked kind of funny out there in his silver and gold Diahards gear still, with everybody else wearing their Monster Express gear, including Big R Shimizu. He looks like the big, big Clementine! I love him! (laughs) (laughs) The orange does not match the Monster Express orange, but you're just T-Hawk, so I guess it makes sense. John! No one is monster. No one in Monster Express has the same fucking shade. <laughs> no one. In, I'm so angry. <laughs> it's true though. It's really funny. Um, all these units over the years managed to match up their colors, and then Monster Express just fucks up every time they add a new orange. It's never the same orange. They they really love they love all the shades of orange. Okay, they they just it's their um. All the punches in the pack are beautiful, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's their love letter to the many shades of orange, I guess. But uh, fifty shades, but, of, uh, orange. <laughs> 50 shades <laughs> of orange. Um. So, but yeah, it was a good match, though. I really enjoyed Casey it. Casey turned down Monster Express. That was a sad moment. Yes. <laughs> he actually had a little crisis there in the ring. Yoshino, I was half expecting him to just, like, go sit in the corner of the ring with his, like, head between his knees and, like, why? How could this happen to me? <laughs> he made his mistakes. I think it was uh, Michael from uh, our friend at, over at Inside the Gate who made that tweet. Um, Masato Yoshino in the hor- terrible, horrible... Um, no uh, good. Very, no bad, very bad day. day. He should have sat in the corner like Raven. I've just been like, <laughs> yeah. never more. <laughs> but like, Tozawa I, yeah. was there, though. Tozawa was there well, to like, hug him and reassure him he should be okay. Yeah, I was literally about to say, you have Yoshi, you have like Yoshino being all sad. You have the M2K old man like being super, super fucking excited for some reason. And then you just have <laughs> Tozawa like emerging from under the ring, yelling his head off because he doesn't know how to communicate any other way. And the I was best, it's true. The best part, the best part of the MT of the of M2K coming out there being all excited wasn't their excitement. It was that Yamada was trying to like talk on the microphone, 
but he kept corpsing while he was trying to do it. Like, he was trying to be all, like, shitty and serious, but, like, he kept laughing every time they jumped at him. And he didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I just... They kept jumping up and down like fucking, like, middle school kids. I and I was like, these are also... grown-ass men, and there's... I just want to I just want to read this because it was so funny. So the original M2K quartet hit the ring immediately after the main ended. They were in a particularly happy mood and provoking berserk. Yamato was flabbergasted and confused. What did these strange old men want? <laughs> Mochizuki said that he wanted them to be their opponents. Yamato was totally lost. Opponents for who? For what? What the hell is going on? Mochizuki tried to explain the situation, but Yamato wasn't following. In the end... The match was made, but Yamato told Mochizuki that if Berserk wins, Mochi has to properly and clearly explain why the match had happened. <laughs> I hope that's an official stipulation. The best, the <laughs> best part about it is that Yamato was making fun of Big R for not understanding. Yeah. You need to beat somebody before you can challenge us, and now he can't even understand. And like some old friends want to get together and fight you. Like he, that just totally flew over his head. What, what do you mean? <laughs> But, like, imagine imagine if you had, like, a group of fucking men in their 40s coming up to you and being like, hey, hey, want to fight? Like, what the fuck did you do? Like, I don't know. I think you you don't even understand, because isn't that Berserk's whole gimmick? Hey, do you want to fight and have some ridiculous stakes put in place? Well, I love, the the stakes for this match are very high, in my opinion. (laughs) If Berserk wins, I thought, um, Mochizuki has to come up with a proper, clear explanation for why that match just happened. I kind of want to see that. He's going to be like, I wanted to. Like, he's not going to bother. He's probably just going to kick someone's head off and, like, leave the ring and go have a drink with Don Fuji. That's what's going to happen. I like, thought, we don't know that's what's going to happen. I thought Yamato's mic work during the whole show was hilarious, though, because, like, not only that... But um, there was a little in-ring mini promo segment after the um, match between Ada and Yamamura and DK and uh, Yosuke Santa Maria, where like Yamato came out and he called out Monster Express and he's like, "I had to look up on the internet who you were," and he was like <laughs> overly pronouncing everything in English. He's like Italian connection, and then he kind of looks at Doi and he's like second Doi, and like it was just such and, a funny. Oh my point. god! And- after he did, after he did that, because um, he just looks at Doi and he does like second Doi, and Doi does that like little fainting thing that they do in fucking anime. <laughs> and like I don't know if anyone here is as big of a nerd as I am and has seen the live action Ace Attorney movie. No. But basically, it's a fucking live action movie in which they have scenes where the whole fucking courtroom does that little fainting thing at the same fucking time, except it's real people. <laughs> so it reminded me of that and I was like what the hell is this overacting bullshit but then again it's fucking doy so but, like, but uh, y- Yamato was like <laughs> I just love everything all the little nuances to his character but the fact that he didn't like I just love this um, I was telling Jules about this I just love this little like the internal stories that Dragon Gate tells with little promos like that that suggested that like even though the Italian connection was, like, a big deal at the time because Milano was a big deal. Yamato doesn't fucking know who they are. Like, Toriumon, and then going into Dragon Gate, he has no idea who they were. Like, he doesn't know. He works with Yoshino still. 
And, you know, uh, Maury was in the company until I think he retired in, I think it was 2010. But Yamato doesn't know who the Italian connection is. He had to go and look them up on the internet. And like I was telling Jules, my favorite part about, like, uh, Shuga and Yashi coming back was that they had no idea what the fuck had happened in Dragon Gate while they were gone. (laughs) (laughs) They just decided to not pay attention. So they're like, oh, it's second doi. And and Yashi's like, I don't know who you are, Yamato. That's nice. Whatever. And, like, they don't, like, the little things that they don't know about each other is so funny for a company that has had, you know, the same core roster for a really long time. Like, I just think it's so cute, because those little promos, that's what they're telling with those, you know, little things, if you read between the lines, that, like, Yamato doesn't know who the Italian connection was. And I think that's cute, considering he's worked with Yoshino forever, and, like, his Wikipedia page would have told Yamato everything he needed to know. But Yamato doesn't know shit. I think this is what you're trying to say. Yamato doesn't know shit. He doesn't. God bless his heart. He's just flying blind into all this. He's like, I had to do internet research. That was like what he actually said. I'm like, oh, honey, no. Um, it was like it was it was that that show was really funny. It was really. That, that's one thing that I think we can all agree on is that it was really funny. The part, the part about Punch Tom and career being at risk wasn't funny. I'm probably the only person upset about that, but... No, you're not. You're not the only person who's upset, but, like, I really don't think that Punch is at risk, and that's why I'm not really upset. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose that. I mean, I could be there to see the end of Punch Tom and career, which is something. <laughs> be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just, I came to Japan and all I got to see was Punch Tomonaga's career end. Um, but yeah, so that that match was made earlier in this show, by the way. Why the hell does keep agreeing to the shit that Doi says they should do? I don't, I don't know. Because he's like, let's do this, and they're like, no, okay. He's like, let's do this, and like, let's not like, let's not let Seema and Gamma be in the match, and like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Who's to that shit? I know. That makes sense. Shima and Kama are the worst fucking parents ever. <laughs> and I think that plays in their results in my very scientific Dragon Gate prom poll. Yes, we'll have to get to that. I thought, um, uh, one more thing real quick. I thought Ada's little promo with DK was cute. I thought it was where, where like, he was trying to get Dragon Kid to mentor him, and he had that, like, little sly smile on his face when the crowd started chanting. And Dragon Kid went over and started arguing with the crowd. I'm like, that's... <laughs> Dragon Kid's argument was basically... Look at this child. <laughs> Who would want to mentor this fucking child? Ada already thinks he's a dragon. Have you seen his cape? This is the logical storyline. He now has to be mentored by a dragon so he can evolve. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... His fucking hair is getting worse, though. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Every, I saw pictures of it the other day, and it's starting to look as bad as mine. And he's got one-third of the hair I do. So I don't know what he's doing wrong, but he needs to stop. So, so the eight to Dragon Kid storyline is pretty fun. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying that too. I get. I, I it looks like it's going to lead to Dragon Kid officially joining Over Generation, right? That would be cool. That'd be cute. Yeah. It'd be like it. It would make like Over Generation start to feel more and more like a Warriors reunion because we got Shima, Gamma, and Dragon Kid. Fuji trying like, to stubbornly mentor Linda, and Linda's like, "No, that's that's okay." That's really funny too. Fuji beat the shit out of him in that match. I know we didn't talk about it, but Fuji was, like, slapping the shit out of him just over and over again and, like, knocking him on his ass. That's literally what what I was about to say. It's really funny that since Linda turned down Fuji's offer to be his mentor, um, Fuji's shitty about it. 
he's, he, Fuji has just been trying to beat him into accepting his offer. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the most underrated part of that match was the part where Fuji tried to kick Gamma and then, like, feigned like he hurt his leg in the process. Because <laughs> they were going to actually start fighting all of a sudden, and then he, like, tried to kick him, and he's like, oh, no. No, my leg. <laughs> I love uh, right. Dragon <laughs> Yeah, go on. So, are we are we done with this Korkin show? I think so. Okay. Um, so, we can move on now to Champion Gate. Yep. Which was only a few days later. Again, ah! none of this is made air yet, so we can't. We can only talk so much about it. We can't talk but, about um, results. It, yeah. That's the most important result of all the results that happened. At March fifth. March fifth. Yosuke Hard Santa Maria, the new Open the Brave Gate champion. Ah! <laughs> Maria did it. I'm just, you You know what, you know what, John, I think what you should do is you should um, make uh, her theme the ending for this episode. Okay. I don't have her theme, though. I, what? Somebody have her theme? You, you better find it. It's on Ask Leon. Yeah, Leon has Ask it. Yeah. More than likely. But, yeah, and apparently, according to Jay, um, according to Jay, the Maria versus Kotoka match was actually really good. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. I'm not really that surprised, actually. The two, the, the, sometimes when the young kids work with each other, it ends up being surprisingly good. Yeah, I mean, some, I mean, we know that Maria is really good. Like, that's just, that's just a, it's just a fact. Like, she's been really showing that she is really good recently. And yeah, and Kotoka, you know, Kotoka is Kotoka. He's got a long way to go, I think. Um, but I feel like they. I feel like he's the Juice Robinson of the Dragon Gate young boys. <laughs> I think he's got a lot of character and a lot of heart, but the wrestling's not quite made it all the way there yet. But he is going to make it all the way there, and I'm excited to see this match, especially because I feel like it's probably one of the matches that is going to take him all the way there. Yeah. They just they just really uh, need to stop this gimmick of people ripping Maria's top off, though. That's, that's exceedingly creepy. Uh, it's it's sexual assault. Like, let's put it in black and white. That's that's exactly what that is. And I'm really glad it wasn't an official stipulation, but the fact that they even had Katoka tease that, like, the stipulation might be Maria has to wrestle topless, that's really extremely gross. It was really, really gross. And even people, I saw even people on my Twitter timeline who are not into Dragon Gate, um, when they saw me talking about it, they were really grossed out about that stipulation. So I'm really, really happy that it wasn't official. But like you said earlier, Dylan, the fact that uh, the post-match picture of Maria with the belt, and we see that she's got, like, this black uh, bra that was probably under her top, because uh, the pictures of the match, she has her top on. Uh, so it's so the so the logical conclusion is she wore it as backup in case could because she expected yeah. Kotoka to rip off her top again. And because and because she had her top on at the beginning of the match, according to the pictures, then Kotoka definitely tried to take it off during the match. So we have to kill him. He's got. It could have been it could have been Naoki after the match. We have so. to kill him too. No, they both yeah. got to go because this has gotten. I. And the thing is, is that before uh, all this happened, I really, really liked both of them. You, you all know that. But um, this has skeeved me out on a personal level. Like, it's not even just a gross storyline anymore. You're, like, actually 
invading a trans person's agency over her own body, and at that point, you've crossed too many lines, and Katoka and Naoki both need to, like, fuck off. Seriously. Yeah, it's pretty much. It's not, it's not funny. And I saw someone, like, I know someone tweeted, like, if it only happens, you know, like, the one time, then I guess I'm okay with it. Well, no, it, it shouldn't happen at all. Like, yeah. that's, you know, that's something I want to take Dragon Gate really to task for, and there's not much that we do take them to task for in terms of storyline. But that was, like, 17 steps too far. And to have Naoki come in after that and tell her, and he told her his words were, she looks like an old lady who runs a transvestite bar. There's no reason, you know, for them to go there. There's a million other heel tactics in the world. You don't have to go for the ones that are, like, intentionally offensive. Yeah. Like, it's it's just gross. Yep. So, yeah, that whole that whole thing is, like, I hope Maria, like, gets rid of her Zerk. I hope she beats Tanizaki. Because um, the match was set um, for Memorial Gate in Wakayama on the 21st. Wasn't it Jay who said that the titles never took <laughs> chance there? Um, it was Jay. I think it was also Andrew, um, Andrew and Racy 16. Um, and I think that Michael from Inside the Gate also told me that. But I actually have some feelings about that show, and it ties it into one of the questions that we have for the mailbag. So maybe I'll talk to that. I'll talk about that later. But I if feel she, like... if she beats Naoki, then the only other uh, person in Berserk that I know of who can challenge for that belt is uh, Monde Rue, and she's beat him. <laughs> she's beat him a thousand times before, yeah. so that's not actually going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way I see it, we move her past Berserk. She beats Naoki, and then maybe she can move on to you know. Ada or Linda, you know, someone yeah, who's, yeah. you know, going to be not a piece of shit. Yeah. Basically. A Linda-Santa Maria match would be at the top of matches I want to see in 2016. Every, I've seen their interactions in matches before, and they have great interactions in matches, and they would have a fantastic match together. Yeah. So so you guys aren't worried at all about Naoki possibly winning? Because uh, I'm a little worried. I, am, I, I, I don't think the so. Fall boy, the fall boy of the B-team of Burger. John, I am actually worried, and I have my reasons, and I'm going to talk about them during the mailbag, because it ties in into one of the questions that we got. Okay. So, um, the only other thing on, on that show, other than Maria Redding, which was awesome, obviously, was the sumos kind of getting their asses kicked. And I wonder if this is the end of the sumos now, because they lost all three matches. Um, Sumo Kanda lost to Naoki in only five minutes. <laughs> the Sumo Susumu and Sumo Kaneth. Lost to Shingo and Cybercom. And a match I'm really and then, looking forward to saying. Yeah, that probably was really good. Um, and the main event, the Triangle Gate title match, the Monster Express team retained against yeah. Sumo Fuji, Ryu Sumo Sato, and Kinky Horiguchi, S-U-M-O. Kind of <laughs> fucked up for Fuji to go after the Triangle belts. That he vacated! Like, yeah, he was like, this is a belt for younger people. Fuck that, I'm going to go after it one more time. What the fuck, Fuji? Like, I have so many questions with continuity in Dragon Gate right now. Like, he specifically said, this is a belt for younger men, and we're going to vacate the titles. And they all agree to it, and now he's like, no, I'm going to go after him again. Why? With some, with some old people, too, because it's not like the Jimmys are. No, they're not. Yeah. They're in the, you know, they're, we call them the nerdy dads. That's how their whole gimmick is that they're older dudes who are nerds and wear glasses. Oh, by the way, I just realized we kind of bury one of the leads with that Jimmy's thing or with the M2K reunion. We are getting Jimmy Masaki in that Which match. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> he, he, he specifically oh, requested that's what his name be, though. Like, he argued with them about it. So, no, but like, first, of all, first of all, Jimmy Mochizuki sounds better. 
second of all, what, like I agree with John. Why did it? That I think it was John who said that on Twitter. Why does it have to be a Jimmy's thing? Like, come on, because because he's wrestling with the Jimmy's. Get into the spirit. But he was. He, but he actually like when they uh, they offered him a spot in the Jimmy's after Diehards disbanded. He pointed out correctly, like. It'd be pretty stupid for me to join you guys when I was like one of the people trying most to end the Jimmys in their first year. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it's, I, I'm I'm okay with it for one night, but it doesn't really make any sense. There's a lot of stuff going on in Dragon Gate that, unless they've got some long-term explanations in the works, it, it doesn't make sense though. Like that's kind of one of the things I was talking to Jules about is that they're making a lot of decisions right now that don't seem to be backed up by the stories that they've been telling us. And, like, with uh, Shingo and Susumu, which we'll get to. So, like, I don't know. It's just, unless they've got some long-term explanations in the works, I do question what's going on right now. Because usually they're really good about storylines. But recently they're kind of, like, going back and forth. I'm like, slow down, guys. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I do want to point out is that in match number three, it was Dragon Kid and Eita against Shima and KZ. And Dragon Kid won with the Firebird Splash as a tribute to Hayabusa. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, and it was originally not that match. It was originally uh, Eita and Shima versus um, Dragon Kid and KZ, and they changed it after after Eita pleaded again with uh, with Dragon Kid. I don't know. A sad yeah. little moment. I saw a tweet where Hayabusa said if he was still if he wanted if he could wrestle for any company in the world. Um, when they asked him, he said he'd still be with Dragon Gate. And I know yeah. Neville on Raw. Um, did a Phoenix splash off the second turnbuckle in tribute to, and it landed it beautifully. So it was, you know, it's nice to see that even though he's, you know, gone on to bigger things that he still remembers. And that was a nice little tribute to work into because they were on a team together uh, in Dragon Gate. So, um, yeah, I I agree. Obviously the the news of Hayabusa's passing was really sad. Um, so I guess that's pretty much it for the first Champion Gate show. Yeah? Yes. Yep. yep. All right. Champion Gate show number two, March 6th in Osaka. Um, well, they're both in Osaka. First of all, the Twin Gate title. Ah! I legendary to... reign hey! of Doi and Yamato. Ended by children. God <laughs> ended, fucking bless. Ended in 29 minutes. By T-Hawk and Big R Shimizu. Shimizu pins Yamato with the shot put slam. People were so mad. I'm <laughs> okay. First, I have something. Let's... I have something. All right, let me... Let me I, want to st- I want to say something first. I get... This is one of those things where people are mad and other people are fine with it. And I totally get where both sides are coming from. I get where the Doriyama people are coming from where they're saying that a thrown-together team shouldn't be the team to beat Doriyama. As I explained, though, when I, this is what I was worried about. Remember, remember, I, just, I, I was just, I just game. remember what yeah. exactly you're going to talk about. I just remembered yeah. it. You talked about with Gam and Punch that sometimes the thrown yeah. together teams are the ones that come in and beat the dominant tag. This happens all the time in Dragon Gate. Yep. The Kaneska team <laughs> got beaten by the totally thrown together team of Doi and Gamma. The, it doesn't even sound like a good team. Yes, it, it really wasn't. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, um, the team of of uh, Yama Kong, that was awesome in a dominant Twin Gate team. They were beaten by the thrown together team of Gamma and Susumu. Why it keeps involving Gamma, I don't know. At least it, there you go. At least it didn't involve Gamma for what? Very true. That we could have gotten punch Gamma a lot. We could have gotten it being punched you Gamma. You could have you could have gotten Gamma pulling down Yamato's trunks in that match. 
Yeah. Those were I mean, at least, at least it wasn't Punch Gamma. So, so it, it happens a lot in Dragon Gate. So I, I wasn't that surprised. But I get what their point, what their point, what their point is that they wanted. It would have been better if I, it was a, I think it was we a should, dedicated. I think we should let Jules go off about T-Hawk, though, because I know, I know they want to. And I, I think it's fair to let Jules do it because T-Hawk is their favorite. But really quickly, before, we, before Jules says that, on the other hand, I do get with the people who are pro this title change is coming from. T-Hawk and Shimizu are two very important people to the future of Dragon Gate. If you're going to have someone finally end the legendary Doriyama reign, I'm totally fine with it being two guys who are super important to Dragon Gate's yeah. future. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with that. Uh, can I go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, sorry. You're going to have to bear with my terrible voice for a couple of minutes. Basically, I am really fucking annoyed at the people who are making that win all about making Seahawk look strong. First of all, can we kill those jokes right now in 2016? I am tired of hearing jokes about making anyone look strong. Um, <coughs> but, like, okay, T-Hawk is a double champion again, and that's probably what I'm most uh, surprised about. But if you think for one second that this win was about making T-Hawk look strong, you're a fucking idiot, and that's what I have to say. Because, okay, the, because the statistics and the facts are there. And basically, um, during Yamadori's twin gate reign, Yamato scored the pinfall in all but one of their defenses, okay? So he was always the most protected member of the team. And then, um, in this match, uh, it was Bidar and not T-Hawk. It was Bidar Shimizu who pinned Yamato, who, is, who was the most protected member of Yamadoi. And so this title change, it was not made to make T-Hawk look strong, and I want the smarts to shut the fuck up about this. I'm very tired of, of them. I'm very, very tired of them right now. Um, this was not made to make T-Hawk look strong. It was made to rebuild Shimizu into a legitimate monster, into a legitimate big guy, uh, into this big face guy, because they need that, because they have uh, Khan on the other side. But they needed to rebuild Shimizu after he had a very lackluster 20, uh, 2015. And... The fact that he got the pin over not Doi, but Yamato, proves that this win was about him. It was not about making T-Hawk look strong. And I want the smarts to take their stupid fucking opinions and shove it where the sun don't shine, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is an entirely... I think... I feel Jules' anger. This is fair. Because when we don't... when Before we had access to um John's... um. Nico Nico account to watch some of the Dragon Gate shows, which they, you know, let us do. Watching shit on Taima is fucking unbearable. And the reason it's unbearable is because of the people in the chat. And I sat one night and watched them over and over and over again post the macro of T-Hawk with a bunch of Roman Reigns quotes. And I'm like, if you honest to God think that T-Hawk is pushed that strong, your head is up your ass. Like, Dragon Gate de-pushed him a lot. When the fans, you know, were like, no, 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 they did a lot. You know, he's been eating pinfalls and stuff. He got knocked, he got beat by Shimizu in the unit disbands match. That's who pinned him. You know, he's not the most important member of the Triangle Gate team. He's not the most important member of his tag team with Big R Shimizu. And I honestly, I hate the criticism of make so-and-so look strong. And I told Jules this. Because there are a million gaijins in New Japan right now that you could make that argument about, but they don't make that argument about them. And I honestly, you know, that makes me uncomfortable. Why are you not making this argument about the guys 
who get to come in and hold belts, but then lose their belts in multi-man matches where they don't even get pinned. Like, there are clear statistics showing that they don't, you know, that a lot of companies don't want certain guys to look bad. That's fine. But if you're going to only point the finger at some people and not at all of them, then you're, it's not a fair criticism to make. And it annoys me that, and that's an across-the-board thing. A lot of people make criticisms that I don't think are fair because they don't hold everybody to that standard of criticism. And I'm like, at that point, it's a personal bias. If you can't hold this one criticism to everyone, then it's your own personal bias against them. Just admit you don't actually like T-Hawk, because it's not fair to say that, you know, Dragon Gate's gone out of their way to make him look strong, because they haven't. Like, he's, you know, he's been in Monster Express, and other than winning the Triangle Gate belts, he's not done very much there, you know? He's not had a bunch of, like, big-time promos and everything. Like I said, he's not more important than Tozawa or Yoshino. He's not more important than Big R Shimizu. It's very clear that, like, obviously he's going to be their future ace. I don't think there's any way around that. He's going to be one of the future aces of the company. And I think that's fine. Like I said, he's very young. He's got plenty of time to learn. He's very good as he is. Like, people, you know, they say he's way overrated, and I don't necessarily think that's true. Like, he can get in the ring and he can go. You know, he's a little bit weak on the microphone, but, you know, they're younger. It's, you know, it's considered an anomaly that Linda is so good at his age, and he's just, you know, a handful of years younger than T-Hawk. So, like, I understand why Jules is upset, because it's an unfair criticism, and people will not shut up about it. And like I said, I think it's unfair to aim that at certain people and not at everyone when I could make that argument about I could make that argument about Michael Elgin, I could make that argument about Kenny Omega, I could make that argument about Redragon, and like no one's going to. Like I remember in a Voices of Wrestling article, someone even one of the writers even mentioned that Red Dragon was invincible in Japan because they almost never ate pinfalls to lose their own belts. And I'm like, you're not making that criticism about them in New Japan, so why are you gonna make that criticism about T Hawk? I don't think it's fair. I agree. I do want to bring up two things real fast. Um, yeah. One, the shot put slam, more so than normal, has been put over like death lately. Um, yeah. On the 225 show, which just hit the internet, um, I haven't watched any of it, but Mochizuki does a promo after being pinned by it, uh, saying that this is the, the move that's going to lead Big R and T-Hawk to greatness. So I'd look in the future for um, anyone that counters the shot put, that's probably going to get a big reaction. I'm looking forward yeah. to eventually seeing that. And then two, what I wanted to bring up to you guys was the Twin Gate reign of the Amato and Doi, the best Twin Gate reign ever. Um, yes. I mean, how could it not be? Yeah. I mean, I the, the only two really... that come to mind are the Mochi Fuji reign from 2012 and 2013, which had a lot of good stuff. And then the short Shima Ricochet reign from 2011, which, like I said, it was short. They had the match where they won the title in Kobe World, one of my favorite Dragon Gate matches ever. And then they had three defenses before vacating the titles. But, I mean, at this point, it's it's got to be Yamadoi, right? Yeah, the only... I, if I want to bring up some early reigns that I liked, um, I was really into the Ryusuka reign. Yes. Um, yeah. I think it was 2007. That was really good. Uh, I think that lasted about five months. I was also really into the... God, what was the other reign I was just thinking of? Oh, the Yamakong. Yes. That, 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 was, and, really, uh, that was really, really good, too. That's that the only time I like Cyberkong, if I can be honest. <laughs> I know. I really enjoy that. Our friend, he really likes that reign of Yamakong. Yeah, it was really good. So those are the only ones I put even into consideration, along with Mochi Fuji and the Spikes Mohicans. But I would still give the edge to uh, 
Yamadori just on the basis of length yes, and how uh, many awesome defenses they had. I would I would give it to Yamadori. Well, I, 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 I do, do, I do want to say one more thing, though. I think it was time for them to lose their belts. There wasn't really anything else they could do. Yeah, I agree. They broke the record on Reigns. There wasn't any more teams they could really, you know, steamroll through. And, like, at that point, it was going to be a bunch of thrown-together teams because they yeah. pretty much beat everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did They did the Kineska match. They did the Marha Izapa match. Yeah. Um, they did they, they did they beat they beat the amigo tag for the belt. I guess you could have got I guess you could have done amigo tag again because it'd been a long time. Yeah. But that's really it. I, mean, I guess. Ricochet, Sinel, Greg, Kid, Flamita, Yoshino, T Hawk, Gamma, Punch. They rolled through them all. Yeah. 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 You could have done Ozako six maybe. Even Mochi Fuji. Even Mochi Fuji. You're right. And yeah, I. You know, that would have been cool. The Osako six match, and I've never been as high on Osako as six as most people have. Like even like I remember Alan was all about those Osaka O six versus T Hawk and Ada matches from 2014. I thought they were good. I didn't think they were great. But as much as I hate Gama, I think a Yamadoi versus Osako six match would have been marvelous. True. You don't like the Hobo Wizard? I can't. I can't say I do. <laughs> <laughs> so tragic. He's so funny. Oh man. It's okay. It's, he's just—he's just, he's just a, an embarrassing dad. Sometimes liking my, sometimes my liking time. a wrestler isn't even liking their wrestling. Sometimes it's just liking the person they are outside <laughs> of the wrestling. So we, what do we th- do? We have any ideas what what we should call the the new champion team? Aren't they Big T? Big T. Big T. Big T. That's what we're calling them. Oranges. <laughs> <laughs> so they're gonna look so oh, mis- They're gonna, they're gonna look is that like that butt with like like two little apples, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then big orange, just like a big orange. So like apples and orange. They're right? gonna. Look, it's, I I. I are they gonna get Big R a? Are they gonna get him like a jacket? Because T Hawk has a, like a really elaborate looking jacket. It's gonna look really funny when he comes out in his elaborate jacket and his pants and his belt, and Big R comes out in the singlet. And <laughs> yeah, okay, but, um, um, I, do, I do have to say that uh, T Hawk wears that coat, and Tozawa and Yoshino don't have any special jackets and whatever when they come out of the Triangle Gate. So. <laughs> it's so funny when they've got like this one guy like that that picture of um. Um, Yamato and Shingo and Doi and Doi's not Doi forgot his jacket like he didn't wear his elaborate jacket out and he looks like you know what you know what I actually I own the issue of Weekly yeah, Wrestling with this on the cover and every time I fucking die laughing because Doi is so underdressed these fucking elaborate ass outfits and then there's a dude in like just his trunks yeah not even pants just trunks so <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, and not All even right. the good trunks, like they're the red ones. It's not the black ones, it's the red ones. Yeah. So so Big T and the new champions, what do we expect out of their title reign? I I think they're going to have a, a lengthy little, maybe maybe not, probably not as long as Yamadori, but I would be surprised if they don't get through like at least three or four title defenses. I think I think they'll still be champions after Kobe World. I was going to say that. I, I agree. I hope I so. But I have, but, but, but I have no idea who could be their first challengers. Like, I, well, I think they're, I think they're going to be a good team. I think they'll end up being more cohesive than a lot of people would expect out of them. Like, I mean, yeah. we know we call Big R the big strong guy, but T Hawk's pretty strong too, you know. So they could work out some pretty cool double team moves. Case, I think you're trying to you're trying to say something, and you kept getting cut off. Oh sorry. yeah, I just I think they'll lose them at Kobe World. I have no idea uh, to who. 
Uh, I'm sort of hoping it's a younger, over-generation team. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Or even oh, Dragon King. Right, I can see this it's not as Yamafora and Ishida, but... So your younger, your younger over-generation team would be Ada and Linda. That's your only option, because it's not going to be the young dragons. Yeah, or or Ata and Dragon Kid. But if I'm booking Yamamore as winning the Dreamgate title at Kobe World, but that's why I'm. question. What happened? Because when the last time that I was like actually on um the when I was actually on my public account, which I like never use, because why would I use it? Everyone was real high on Ashita, and then the next thing I heard, everyone was real high on Yamamura, and I'm like, what? Wait a minute, what happened? Because there was I something that must have happened. I, I think I, they're both amazing, both, but, like, both. it's kind of like when you hear the New Japan fans talk, and one minute they'll be talking about uh, Komatsu, and the next minute they'll be talking about Tanaka, and it's like, what happened? Why did you all shift your conversation? I have something really funny to say about that when we announce the results of the Dragon Gate prom. All right, so we got to we gotta get moving here, because we still got a lot to do. Um, the So the main event of the Champion Gate show was Shingo and Susumu for the Dream Gate title, and Shingo won back the title... 29 minutes with the Pumping Bomber. Suzumu fails in his first defense. Shingo is the 24th champion. Suzumu joins a elite class of himself, Shingo and Ryu Saito, as the only zero defense champions ever, yeah. which which we played into in the post match. Obviously, we haven't seen this match yet. I've I've heard good things, but we'll see what we'll see how it turns you, out. You should. It's really important to note that it was a clean match. Yeah. Like no, yeah. That and and that. I'm, I'm not unhappy because, like, if Shingo's going to win, it should be, you know, it should be clean. But like I told Jules, I think it kind of killed yeah, the momentum yeah, yeah. of Shingo's entire yeah. reign yeah. to have him lose in a match with yeah. five million degrees of interference I and then lose. have him win it back clean. Like, you just, I feel like Dragon Gate understood exactly why it was important that Shingo needed to go over clean. And then they fucked it up and then they're like, wait, we screwed up. We got to fix it back. Because if he had beat Susumu the first time, I think that would have been better. Because, because, I mean, like I told Jules, Shingo looks like a coward because he wanted interference. Because he would have had to specifically tell Berserk to interfere because they weren't doing it before. So he would have had to go to them and tell them to interfere. And he couldn't, you know, all the interference got the better of him. He lost to Susumu. But then he goes into the match like a cocky shithead because he doesn't want anybody to be there with him. Cause they've all, you know, they've hit, like three of them have accidentally hit him at this point. And he wins. And it kind of makes him look like a coward for needing the interference in the first place. And I'm like, you didn't need to do that to him because whoever's going to beat him, it's going to be a big moment. But I feel like they, you know, they made him look bad. Like we already knew Shingo was infallible because he'd been pinned by Susumu and Shachi Hoko Boy. And getting pinned by Shachi is pretty good proof that, you know, all you need is that quick roll up and you might get the belt. But I don't think that they needed to do that. And I think it killed some of the momentum that Shingo had going on. And I don't think it's going to be quite as big of a moment when somebody beats him in the future. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be Hulk or Tozawa. Um, but we're back to the theory, I guess, that it's going to be one of them because we all know he's going to kill Ryo Saito. Like, that's not even a question. Yeah. That's sad. So so really quickly, I, I basically agree with you. I, I was happy for Sumo to get the title, and it felt like kind of like a Lifetime Achievement Award yeah. for him, maybe. But um, and I also think they just wanted to prove that J- the Jimmys could win the Dreamgate again. But it was um, nice to see him with the belt. If that's the last time yeah. I ever seen him with the belt, I saw him with his normal gimmick. I saw him in his sumo gimmick with the belt. I can live if you know it's still on my lock screen on my phone, so I can live if that's gonna be it. But like, uh, yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool little thing that I agree will make it not mean as much when Tazawa or Hulk beats him for yeah. the title. Now. I do wonder. 
I do wonder if maybe they did it to give the fans a breather from Shingo as champion. Yeah, that's possible too. And I, I guess it also furthers the Yamato storyline yeah. that continued in the post-match here. So, so, so then, wait, wait. So then a question then, a real quick question. Somebody, I mean, a lot of people have already projected that Yamato is going to be the Dreamgate champion in the future once he hits his face turn. Does anybody think it's a possibility that he's the one who beats Shingo when he face turns? Because I know we've been, we were real set on Hulk and Tozawa, and then we were wrong about I was Actually, I think I was talking uh, with, like, Andrew and um, and Michael and Leon with, about that, about the fact that Yamato has never won King of Gates. So, he, mm-hmm. you know, he could. And if they do face turn him in time, it's something that could happen. Because yeah. we don't know. We've not heard anything about Hulk. Hulk came back for a minute, but then Hulk was gone again. There was no post-match yeah. reaction to losing the hearts. We yeah. don't know. We don't even know at this point if, if we're going to get trying. face Hulk back. Because I've been thinking about it, and we could get heel Hulk back at this point, which I don't think heel <laughs> Hulk would eat Shingo. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to be Tozawa, because it seems like they really cooled off on the... Ever, all, on the interactions between Tozawa and Shingo, so I don't necessarily think it's going to be him, which is really disappointing, because he would have been the most exciting pick. But yeah. I was thinking, if they turn Yamato face, it could be him. It wouldn't be unheard of, because he did, um, when Shingo beat Shima in that long-ass reign that Shima had, Yamato immediately beat Shingo right after that. That's how that Shingo is the Zero so Defense Club. Cool. So that history is there, that's, and they could do that, and it would be a believable story. Someone was saying something that I didn't hear. Sorry. Um, well, I, I was just I was just saying that Yamato beating Shingo and Cork in August 2013 is such a fun match. Uh, really hot crowd, really exciting finish with a roll up there. Um, and I think it will become more apparent as Shingo and Yamato progress their tension, and especially as we head towards Dead or Alive and then King of Gate, what the yeah. direction is going to be. And I could very easily see Yamato being the one that eventually defeats Shingo. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. If Face Yamato becomes Dreamgate champion, I would kill for one more feud with Hulk, but this time with their roles reversed, so yeah. that it's heel Hulk versus Face Yamato, because the Yamato who feuded with Hulk before and was, like, fucking with him for years and years and years, you know, Killer Hulk was there, but that was not Face Yamato. That, the shit he was doing was not, you know... But it would be nice to see, you know, Yamato turns over a new leaf and is so well-intentioned and Hulk comes back for blood because Yamato was part of the reason that Dia Hearts got disbanded because it was him and Doi who executed that last pin together. So they they could do that, and I would be I would like to see that, and I would really like to see if they can deliver on a Dreamgate match because their, their match they had was good, but it didn't live up to a lot of the expectations that people had for it. That's a very so, – I like that scenario a lot. I, I hope they go with that. So there's our our latest round of speculation that probably won't turn out to be true. Uh, of course not. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Dragon Gate to do everything in the reverse order that we said. But I'm just saying that Yamato has never won Change of Gate. That's all I'm going to say. Not so we'll talk more about. I think he should start winning we'll, this year. We can talk more about King, <laughs> King of Gate on the next episode because we, we we still have, I believe, one more episode before King of Gate yes, leaves. So. All right. So, um, that was the main event. After the main event, Ryo Saito showed up, and in one of the great J-translations of all time, um, Saito attacked Shingo, because Shingo kept making fun of Sumo for being a zero-defense champion, and just goes, who was he calling garbage? The garbage one was Shingo. Suzumi was now a zero-defense champion, that is true. 
Saito himself was also in that unfortunate club. However, there was a third member, this big dumbass he was talking to now. I was like, that is just such a great translation. Just, I love, I love the like, theme of if you fuck with one of the Jimmies, one of the other ones is going to come up and, like, come for your ass. I love that. He just fuck with one of the Jimmies. He fucked with one of the people in the Zero Defense Club. But, yeah, it's that kind of was, like, the ultimate, you know, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones moment. It's like, you're a fucking Zero Defense champion too, Shingo. Yeah. What are you even talking about right now? So I love it when uh, that happens to Berserk when they shit talk somebody else and then get it turned around on him like Yamato shit talking Big R and then not understanding that like four dudes want to fight him like what do you mean you want to fight I love it when that <laughs> happens to them because they're like these scheming plotting hills and then they have their moments of like complete stupidity I yeah so that was pretty good um, Ryu Saito so that's, that's set up that's set up Ryu Saito challenging Shingo for the Dream Gate at Wakayama fuck this Wakayama show first of all. It is airing nowhere, apparently. Yeah, it comes like, out on the commercial. There's a commercial DVD release that will come out, yeah. and it comes out in the most untimely fashion. It never comes out right after the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Jane I mean, have it on his store. kind of why I want to say that I have a good feeling about Maria, but because I don't know why they would like do a title change on a, on a show that nobody's going to see for like six months. Yeah, it's, it fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of the titles are changing hands. I think they just put there. Had, they've had whole, you know, the Dragon Gate is notorious for booking an entire show over and over and over again of title defenses with no changes. And I think this is just, you can watch them fight and they're going to, like, Maria can establish herself over Naoki because, you know, I understand why someone might be worried about Maria because it's Maria. But Naoki has had, like, the worst run in all of Berserk. Like, he and Monchan are, like, right there in wins and losses together right now. It's <laughs> terrible. He gets pinned all the time. He's not, you know, I'm, I don't really see him as Brave Gate champion. Just because Dragon Gate has not booked him. Like, they want him to win the belt. Like, Maria was actually winning matches before she won the belt. And he's, what did, he's the, what did someone say? He's the leader of the Berserk B team. Yeah. And he takes about half the falls, which is really sad. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's not he's I, have not, some, he's, I have things to say that I, I'm going to say later, but I think the title that's most likely to change hands in Wakayama is the Triangle Gate. Oh, yeah, that's possible. Although, I don't know. If Yamato's really about to turn face, then that doesn't really make any no, sense. No, I don't know. It could be vacated. It's not unheard of. That's true. The, the triangle gate. The thing about the triangle gate for me is that sometimes they book it like it's one of the most important titles, and then sometimes they book it and you literally forget about it because they don't book it very strong. And then, oh, it's it's back. No, wait, it's important again. And then it just kind of falls by the wayside again. It's like, yeah. okay, is it important or not? Let us know. That is basically the story of the triangle gate. It's true. Yeah. Um, all right, so that basically takes us up to today. Um, the next big show isn't until April 7th, where, again, I will be there. Very excited. You excited to find tell out. Tell me the- everything about M2K, John. We are going to fight on Twitter. And I'm <laughs> get on my public account so that everyone can see all the tweets. <laughs> so I'm very, so I'm very excited. Very, very, very excited. Um, also, we're going to see, we'll see the Champions Gate shows up on March 21st, or 23rd, as Jules mentioned earlier. Um, right now, otherwise, it's pretty quiet. It's a lot of house shows and stuff. Yeah. 
So, um, oh, the Monday Rio finally got a win. I think that I thought that was cute. Yeah, the Monday his homecoming. hometown and everything, and I'm like, oh, it's, I, I checked it specifically to see if they did let him win in his hometown, and I'm like, oh, that's cute. Dragon Gate is like is reverse WWE where you're not losing instead of instead of home instead of humiliating people in their hometown, they let them win to make the people excited, which is you know a, a weird. Well, concept. My favorite part is when the WWE books the the person to come out and shit talk their hometown. Yeah, that's good, too. All right, so um, I guess we should get into... The mailbag. The mailbag, yep, we have a lot of questions. Yes, we have to talk, first of all, about uh, something that was asked, actually, on the last episode, and we didn't have the time to discuss it, and that's the Gaijin and Dragon Gate. Yep, so basically, Dylan and Justin wanted to know um, what Gaijin we'd like to see in Dragon Gate, right? That was the question. I have two. Um. Okay, go. You go first, then, Jules, because I have none. You, I, <laughs> I don't really have any. So go ahead, Jules. So I have two, and the the first I'm gonna go with uh, in in reverse order of importance for me. Um, I think I would really love to see Speedball Mike Bailey in Dragon Gate, just because I feel like he could. Fit. He can match the style. He can match the style. Yeah. Like the way he, he match, the way he, he wrestles magic. He can match the style, and he's a pretty naturally funny dude. So he doesn't wear his shoes either, and I feel like the Drangate crowd would love that for some reason. What? I don't know. I, I just I he doesn't wear his shoes when he wrestles, and yeah. I just the Drangate crowd. He's the karate crowd, kid. They're gonna love him. Yeah, he's the karate kid. I feel like he could really, really bring it to the crowd, and I feel like they would love him. And you know, he's good. He kicks hard. He flips. So he I mean, can do a standing red arrow if he's not perfect for Drangate. <laughs> I don't know what Gaijin would be perfect for Dragon Gate. Like, he literally did Neville's top rope move from his feet on the mat. Yeah, his finisher is like a shooting star double knee dive thing. I don't really understand what's going on, but it's really cool. And I think it's important to note he's got a lot of, like, charisma. Yeah. Like, he's an endearing babyface, but if you've ever seen him, like, talk shit as a heel, it's really funny. Like, he was in Canada, and he gave a promo to the audience that said he wasn't going to wrestle for him. And it's because, like, he has a belt in this and a belt in that. He's a champion for this. And he finishes it off, and he's like, you're just a bunch of hipsters who are here because it's ironic. I'm like, he's so cute. He'd be so good in Dragon Gate because he's got personality. And you need... Yeah, personality is very important in Dragon (laughs) Gate. Because they talk all the time. And... and that brings us to my second and most important pick, guy that I really want to see in Dragon Gate, and that's ACH. Oh God, that was one I was gonna lean. I was leaning towards. Damn it! He, he's not, <laughs> first of all, he's a phenomenal wrestler. He's amazing. Remember when and he out charisma to Nakamura of all people? They had that dance off, and it was the most beautiful day of my life. And ACH beat him, and everyone was like, "What the fuck? This yeah, has never happened uh, before." He'd be so good for them. Basically, basically, first of all, like like I said, he's a phenomenal wrestler. He's amazing, and he flies everywhere. And I feel like I can't like picture him in my head in like a doy darts match. Remember like, when, when? Remember when Rich Swan was in uh, Dragon Gate and he had like a really fun run just being Rich Swan? I feel like ACH would have just a really fun absolutely. time going to Dragon Gate and being and like, himself. Yeah, like I mean, he can. Like I said, I can just see him in in those doy darts match. Like I can see him in those dive sequences, just like going going crazy. Don't I make just, him do a Gino Rumble though. That's not fair. 
Oh my God! But yeah, I think I think ACH. He's an amazing wrestler. He's got a lot of personality. He's funny as hell. And like living where I live, I don't really get the chance to go to wrestling shows that often. But he was. Uh, I have had the chance of seeing him live at a wrestling show that I went to, and he is just that guy. It has so much charisma that I feel like he would just fit right in in Dragon Gate, and he would like. He would have so much fun, and I feel like the crowd would really buy into his whole thing. And so that's my topic. I really want to see ACH in Dragon Gate. I don't think he's under contract with Reign of Honor. I, I don't think he is either, because he's there. He's their fall guy for fucking everything. And I know he works, and I know he works with my, um, one of my friends is actually in a small little wrestling promotion uh, called, um, I think it's Dynamo Pro um, in Missouri, and I know he comes there and he works with them a lot. So I don't think he's yeah. under contract with Ring of Honor. He just tends to, um, he's just kind of there for the personality and the be their fall guy when they want to bring in somebody like Kushida. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, like, nothing's stopping him. I think I think ACH would be a perfect fit for Dragon Gate. I think. All right, so, so I'm going to throw mine out there real quick before somebody else steals it, because I don't watch that much American Indies at this point. So I only You're have not missing any. So <laughs> So I would go Adam Cole because he's he's a small guy first of all, so fit in from a size. Sorry, sorry. So he'll fit in from a size perspective. Second of all, he's. Did you just say that Adam Cole is a smaller guy? He's considered he's considered a junior heavyweight as far as weight classes are concerned. Like I think my friend Nicole pointed this out. Ring of Honor, but here's the thing. Ring of Honor doesn't have, like, bigger, you know, they don't have a lot of bigger dudes. All the dudes who are, like, their main people, like, even, like, all of the kingdom are considered junior heavyweights. Like, they're all considered smaller dudes. But, so, yeah, like, yeah, Adam Cole would actually... Wait, how how is Adam Cole a giant? He's listed at 5'11". I'm taller than Adam Cole. You're talking to someone who's 5'3". Okay, well, for a wrestler... Linda size is the problem. For a wrestler, he's not that he's not that big. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Point I was trying to make: he's not a heavyweight. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's any heavyweight from the American Indies who would fare well in Dragon Gate because most of them have absolutely no personality, <laughs> which is mean, but it's true because I used to watch the American Indies before they got literally awful in every way. But like most of them have no personality, and or their personality is be big and mean. Or be alternative. Uh, That's pretty much the only personality. So let me. So so my Adam Cole pitch. Like I said, first of all, he matches about the size of Dragon Gate. I think maybe he would be a little tall. That's true, but he's not. He's not. Wouldn't be out of place. Yeah. Second of all, he's a little wacky. You know, he's got that Adam Cole baby thing, yeah. and like you know, he, crowds he, would buy into that. Yes, he's a little wacky, so that'll help him fit in Dragon Gate. I think he would really fit in well in Berserk. As like and be like a really cool gaijin heel that they haven't really, they haven't really had a gaijin heel in a while since Yamato will kill know. him for being pretty. <laughs> you, he won't last the day. Yamato's gonna be like no, and this is gonna be over just like that. Well, Not I don't know. I think I think it, I think it would be cool. Yeah. I would be. No, I, I'd be I can down actually, with it. I can actually if, if they phased Yamato out, I think Adam would be good. But like. There's some similarities between them that I think phasing Yamato out of Berserk first would be a better would make Adam be a better fit for them, because there's some similarities there. Yeah. Yeah, I I could see it. Yeah. They're both vain ass pretty boys. That's like their whole gimmick. So like, 
So, like, I think, you know, I think it benefits um, stables to have people who aren't alike, because then they, you know, you either pick the one who's better at being themselves. That's a weird way of putting it. It was like this actor pointed out that if you go to, like, um, if you go to, like, a, uh, like um, trying to get a role for, like, a specific part, like a real generic part, then you're, like, sitting there looking at other people like, no, I do me better than you do me. And I feel like that's what happens when you've got a bunch of guys in a stable who are the same. It just becomes who's better at, like doing the generic role than everybody else. Yeah. For me, um, I know when DJ USA was sort of on his last legs, I was really hoping that Caleb Conley, uh, Trent, who's now in New Japan, and Anthony Nice would get to go together as the premier athlete brand because I thought they'd fit together really well. Anthony um, Nice is boring, though. What are you Anthony, Anthony Nice is very boring. Uh, he this, went to Dragon Gate. He was very boring. Like, <laughs> I, I, I know. Like, uh, I know. an honorary member of Monster Express, right? Remember when they all did the pose and he didn't? Yes, it was very awkward. But <laughs> I did want to see Nice go back. Um, and then I want to see Trent and Dragon Gate because Trent Barretta is an excellent professional wrestler. And I think yeah. Caleb Conley's great. Um, yeah. That You're wouldn't happen. not after. doing shit with Trent. They should give him up. That's true, but I, I've heard Trent hates Japan, so that might be part of it. Um, now, I, I want to see Fred Yehai go over to Japan, um, and Dragon Gate specifically. I think he's someone that could use a little more charisma, but in terms of entering skill, Yehai is someone that's on the rise. He'll be an Evolve full-time this year, and uh, he would fit into that, that vibe. He's a little shorter, um, a little taller than Linda, but not by much. Uh, he'd be fun there. All right, so, so Dylan, what do you got? Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm one of those people who's about had my fill of Gaijin as far as all of Japan wrestling goes. And I, I've talked about it on my private account, so I know you guys have seen it. Um, I'm just, I just, I Dragon Gate, I will say, does a much better job at booking their Gaijin wrestlers than a lot of other promotions. Like, you've got Stardom, who has a champion who's literally never there. And that's, um... Santana Garrett. She's literally never there. She leaves for like three months and comes back for one title defense. And you, you, we all know how New Japan books their gaijin. And I'm just, I, but I like that uh, Dragon Gate typically does it better. You know, Uha was very well booked. Rico is their only um, gaijin Dream Gate champion, which makes me incredibly happy because like it's nice that they didn't bring in a whole bunch. Because I think that gaijin are good for color. Um, as far as having somebody come in who does something a little different, because American wrestling and British wrestling and Japanese wrestling are very far from being the same thing. And Lucha. And Lucha, definitely. Now, if we want to talk, like, now I would like to bring in some of the um, Luchadors, though. I think um, guys like Phoenix would be incredibly fun in Dragon Gate, or Drago would be fun, like, or Aerostar, or all three of them, you know, bring in Team AAA, why not? Or, um... Mascara Dorado was not treated well in New Japan at all, but I think he would be really good in Dragon Gate, too. And, like, they're all, you know, incredibly charismatic guys, so it's, you know, they would be fine for that. And we know that um, Dragon Gate has a very high appreciation of Luchas because they love Flamita, who's now, we should make a note, who's now Octagon Jr. Um, Flamita recently took that mask up. It showed up on my Twitter uh, timeline. So if you guys are wondering, you know, I know some people have wondered where Flamita is because he hasn't been in Dragon Gate for a while. He's now Octagon Jr. He's not Flamita anymore. Um, so that was a nice little thing that he gets to do. But, like, I think we could, I think bringing in Luchas would be great, though, because, you know, they've, they've got, you know, they've got Dragon Kid and Mondeiru and KNS and Cyber Kong. But, like, bringing in some more guys from Mexico would be fun because they have the style already. They have the Lucha style, and a lot of them are, you know, very charismatic. 
They're very fun to listen to, and they're very fun to watch. So, and I know, um, who was it? Yeah. Can't remember off the top of my head now. But I don't know, if they, if, for fun, for fun, one time they should bring in Prince Puma, just for fun. Just to have to see if the crowd can actually figure out who it is. Because I know that dumbass wrestled in PWG as Ricochet in his, um, Prince Puma tights. God bless his heart. Um... But, yeah, I think that bringing in luchas would be very beneficial, as opposed to bringing in, like, American Gaijin. And I know someone mentioned uh, Marty Skrull, but I don't necessarily know if he would fit in. I think, I think, he, I think Marty Skrull would fit in New Japan much better than he would fit in Dragon I, Gate. He, he, he's, he's the kind of character who sticks out a lot. And with Dragon Gate, you don't want them to stick out too much. Like, the, the success of a lot of Gaijin in Dragon Gate has depended on their ability to fit into the Dragon Gate style. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And Marty Skrull does not fit into anything. He, he reminds me a lot of Dalton Castle. He stands out. The wrestling, you know, the wrestling styles, you know, they're really good wrestlers, but their characters are bigger than everything else. And they don't fit into things. They stand out of things. They're people that you remember specifically. But, like, you know, Ricochet being able to fit into Dragon Gate as well as he did, and Uha being able to fit into Dragon Gate as well as he did, and Rich Swan, that's what made them so successful. And they, you, have, you have to be able to do really good multi-man tags, yeah. too, and which be- not, everybody, not everybody can do. And, and, like, that's one of the reasons why I picked Adam Cole is because he, the, I've, I've seen yeah. him do... I've seen him do it live, like, when I was at the ROH show in New York last summer. I saw him in the Kingdom against the Young Bucks and AJ, and it was really, really good. And it even reminded me of a Dragon Gate match because it, it was just such a spot fest. So I think that that's one of the reasons why I think Cole would be good. Yeah. And I also think it's very important to mention because there's um there's a lot of flippy guys who actually, um when it comes, uh, spot fests are like, that's also something that uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla does a lot of. But in Dragon Gate, you have to be able to wrestle between the spots. There are some wrestlers that their entire moveset is based on getting the shit beaten out of them between their big big spots so you don't actually see them wrestle very much but you have to be able to get you have to be able to like grapple and do some technical stuff because a lot of the guys in Dragon Gate are well versed in a little bit of everything because that's you know the styles that they were brought up in and the way that you know the different promotions came together to make Dragon Gate there's a lot you know there's a lot of guys who can do the flippy stuff and the technical stuff and the submissions so you have to be able to be able to multitask you can't just like get the crap beaten out of you and then like flip off the ropes. You have to be able to have, you know, a good footing and a little bit of everything. And that's something that um, a lot of people, especially in the American Indies, don't necessarily specialize in. There are, they're really good at like one big thing and then they can do some of the other stuff, but not so much as their one big thing. Yeah. Although I, I, I feel like sometimes you can pick it up as you go along. Like when Pac, when Pac first came to Dragon Gate, he was nowhere near as complete a wrestler as he was when he left Dragon Gate. So I just feel like if you go to Dragon Gate, sometimes you can end up learning a lot more as you go. So you don't always have to be yeah. well-rounded when you start. I think it's important to have the potential there, though. Like, Paul had yeah. a lot of potential. Like, people talked about if he could just get his shit together, he'd be one of the best wrestlers in the world, which we now see, you know, how good he is. But, you know, some guys, it's not, it, you know, and some people don't want to learn necessarily like sometimes they just want to go to another promotion and show up what they already know they don't want to learn what they can from that promotion and Pac really went in wanting to become that complete wrestler yeah all right so um i guess that basically covers the gaijin question uh, i know, I know this... real quick everybody said osprey but osprey's never gonna happen guys you're gonna have to those are now gutter dreams because he signed to new japan so that's not gonna happen yeah uh, i 
I just, there was another part to that question asking who did, who did, who did we think was the most successful Dragon in Dragon Gate? I don't have uh, a question. And that, I, no. I, I, it, it's either Pac or Ricochet. I mean, I mean it, it has to, to be Ricochet. I, There's a lot, I more, a lot more people remember that Ricochet was in Dragon Gate than Pac. I don't know, but Pac's Brave Gate run was so good. Yeah. And it went on for so long. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't I, know. I, I, I feel re- like memor- I feel like people who are getting into Dragon Gate recently remember Ricochet a lot better than Pac, because a lot of those early earlier matches are harder to get a hold of than the newer ones. But, like, the too easy and the team best friends thing and, you know, all that cuteness, that is still going on. Like, every time these, like, Uha and, and Tozawa just, you know, had, you know, every time they see each other, they take pictures. So I think Ricochet's influence um, and his presence la- is going to last, like, way beyond him, where there's, like, not even a lot of people who know um, that Pac ever wrestled in Dragon Gate. So I feel like lasting presence-wise, I feel like with the old, with the fan base who has gone back farther into history, you know, then there's some comparison. But, like, for the newer people, it's going to be Rico because he's the one who was, like, most recently there. And I do think it says a lot that he was a Dream Gate champion because that is their big belt. So yeah, it's true. I, if I'm going to say who my personal favorite Gaijin was in Dragon Gate, though, it was Pac. I, I think there's a point to be made, and I, I made this a few different places, is that Ricochet were not, would not be where he's at right now if it wasn't for Pac, because I think there's a yeah. huge difference between two, December 2010 Ricochet and December 2011 Ricochet. Yeah. Uh, 2011, Pac and Ricochet worked all over. They worked in Dragon Gate proper and Dragon Gate USA all year. And you could see Ricochet progress so much, and that was Pac's best year. Also, that was his Brave Gate run year. Uh, but you could see Ricochet especially progress so much throughout the year. Um, I don't know. I personally like Pac more, but from a success standpoint, I think you'd have to go Ricochet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess basically. Agree with that. I mean, my bias is for Flamita because That's Flamita difficult. in the Millennials and Flamita's Brave Gate run, which made the Brave Gate title important again. Like, you know, I'm just sad that Flamita left. Because, like, I would love Flamita to still be in Dragon Gate. But, I, you know, my personal favorite is Flamita just because, you know, Flamita fit in so well. And so many people responded so well to Flamita. And Flamita made the Brave Gate important again. And I think it's really important in promotions. You can't make your belts unimportant if you're going to put so much, you know, impact on them. And be like, this is the focal point of these storylines. And your belts have to be important. And Flamita made the Brave Gate important again. And I thought that was a special little moment. All right, so um, let's get into the mailbag proper here. By the way, Case is probably going to have to leave us a little early, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, Case is going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so um, sorry. So I just wanted to let, let the audiences know if when his voice suddenly stops appearing, it's not it's not the end. He didn't die or anything. He's, he has to go do something. All right, so th- this week's mailbag question. Yeah. Andrew, who is... At N-D-R-W-H-R-D-N-G. I don't know what that means, but... Okay. Um, he said if you could... <laughs> if you could pick five matches throughout the company's history to show to someone new what Dragon Gate was all about, which five? I don't think we should do five each. That would take uh, well, way too I've got, f- I've got five each. Can I rattle off these five? Oh, okay. I just... I, this <laughs> one came from the table. I don't know why. Okay, yeah, number five, you got the January 18th, 2011 match between Masato Yoshino and Don Fuji. I think that's a really fun match that everyone can get into. Number four. Yeah, the, Dream, the Dreamgate match. Yes, the Dreamgate match. I think it's one of the better Dreamgate matches ever. 
Number four, we'd have to go back to Torimon for this one. Italian Connection, Crazy Max, M2K, and Do Fixer. All I'm clapping. 2003 in Cork and Hall. The best Torimon match ever. That, if I was going to name a, mat, a favorite match ever for Torimon Dragon Gate, that's probably... Is that on oh. Jay's drive? Where is that? I don't know. I, ha- I have it. Share on Ditch's site also, which I can I can link you guys to that if you want. I have a link to all these matches if anyone wants them. Thank you, uh, Yeah. I'll watch anything with the Italian connection. Oh, man. Was, this match, so- I mean, five stars, just brilliant. I. It's one of those things where it's only something Dragon Gate t- could do, and that's why I really appreciate it so much. Um, one of my favorite matches ever. Number three, I'd have to go with another one of my favorite matches ever, Pac and Dragon Kid versus the Spike Mohicans, Ricochet and Shima from Kobe World 2011. Um, it's just the best spot fest you can find anywhere. I, it's another five-star match for me. I think it's incredible. Um, number two, I'd have to go with the Blood Generation versus Doofixer, Kobe World 2005, Triangle Gate Championship match. The best before November first, two thousand fifteen. It was the best match in Dragon Gate Japan history. Uh, it's one of the reasons Genki Horiguchi is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. All six guys kill it. It's better than the Ring of Honor match in two thousand six. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. And the number one, I think it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. Shingo versus Mochizuki from last year. If you haven't seen that, you need to. It's so 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 good. So I I, I agree with all those picks. Actually, let me see if I can think of any to add. Because you really covered a lot of my favorites. Um, uh, the, the Kobe World Triangle Gate match between New Hazard and Muscle Outlaws. I guess that would be 2007. Yes, that one's that was good. That was fantastic. I actually forgot how good that was until I watched it recently, and that was just like that's a really cool introduction if you're not in, if you're not used to like the heel tactics kind of stuff because you got the heel ref. You have the heels being like all wacky and cheating, but I still think that I think it really worked in that match, and I I love that match. Um, let me think about this. If, anyone, if either one of you has some, you can jump in. Just Sorry, if anyone what, wants what? a review of all the Kobe World shows, um, open the reviewgate.blogspot.com. I should know the URL because it's my site, but um, over the summer I did all of the Kobe Worlds from 2004 to 2014. Uh, so if you guys want reviews to any of those shows. Uh, check it. Uh, check it there. I really like that 2007 match that John just mentioned. Yeah, that was such. A, that was a fantastic yeah, match. I was just about to say, um, some one of us should probably put a list of these matches up on Twitter, up on our Twitter, so that people can uh, can find it. Whatever. Yeah, we can do. We can do that. Because that went really quickly. Um. So that's that's the 2007 match. Do you guys have any other ones, Dylan or Jules? I was going through Jay's uh, Dragon Gate drive after getting access to it, and I was watching some old uh, Vominos Amigos shows, just, you know, because that's where the older guys are that aren't there anymore, and they had a little uh, Parejas tag tournament, and they were showing, like, highlights of it, and I don't know, that was really cute, because, like, some of these dudes aren't in Dragon Gate anymore, and it was, you know, fun to see Italian Connection, which at the time was um, Yosino and uh, Anthony W. Mori, who is very small and very adorable, uh, Kondo Yashi, which is, like, officially one of my favorite tag teams because they were just amazing together. It had a lot of crazy Max drama in it between, um, Shima and June, which was, like, fun to watch. But it was just fun to, like, puzzle off these little stories as they were going on. And, like, the finals came down to Kinesuka and, uh, Kondo Yashi, and I got really excited. I'm like, oh my god, they actually got all the way down there. But it was a fun little tournament, you know, and it's, like, the highlights of it, the best parts. So, like, 
if you want to, like, get a little taste of how Torimon used to be without having to watch, you know, real long shows, you could check that out. And, like, you know, some fun stuff, some fun spots. My favorite spot, you know, I mentioned it earlier, was uh, Kondo and Yashi had Shima on the mat. And, like, they linked their hands together. And Yashi, with no hands, walked up Kondo's body, stood on his shoulders, and then, like, flipped off of them? And I'm like, is, is he going to die? That doesn't look safe. But they were entirely fine. And it was just, like, a cute little thing. But the tournament was really fun, what I saw of it. And it had, a you know, a fun final. And, I, you know, it's just, I like those little tournaments. Like, they're fun to watch, you know. But I really enjoyed that. So, um, okay. I'm going to, one other match I'm going to mention because, um, I think it's not one of the best matches in Dragon Gate history, but I think it's one of the easiest ones to watch even if you don't know anything else or storyline wise. And I used to use this match during one of my Japanese pro wrestling panels. It was the fan appreciation show in 2011. So this would be the very end of 2011. And it was, I believe a 12 man tag with blood warriors against junction three. I'm going to find this match because I want to, I want to plug it. Let's see. Cause I used to show this one all the time to new fans. I think it was such a good, I just think it was such a good show. It was such a good match to show new people. Um, I'm gonna find it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. All right. There's there's think, the final game. Trying to think about anything that I would add to this list, but I. All right. I, so really quickly, it was actually an eight-man tag. Okay. It was Mochizuki, Yoshino, Yamato, and Shingo against Shima, Ricochet, Tozawa, and Hulk. It went like 32 minutes, but it really doesn't require a lot of backstory, and it was like a spectacular. Spectacular eight-man tag. Is, is so there, is there some weird bias people have against longer matches? Because a lot of the main events I've watched in New Japan are like 40-something minutes long. I don't know. Because, like, I, no- I notice a lot of the times when you guys talk about the length, it's like, it's only this long. And I'm like, there's, you know, most of the matches people have watched, you know, the last few years that have been, like, the best matches have been, like, really long matches. Yeah, I don't have a problem with long matches. I don't know. I, I don't really like them. I don't really like them going longer than like anything over forty to me feels excessive, but <coughs> yeah. below that, I think it's pretty. So cool. definitely not a hundred five minutes. No, I don't want to get into that all that again. For God, for God's sake. <laughs> we are never, we are never mentioning this match again. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> all right. Does anybody else have any other matches they want to add to yeah, this? I was, I was trying to think about something, but I think you guys pretty much covered all the bases. All right. So there you go. That's more than five matches, actually. But, yeah. you know, we'll try to get a list up yeah. on the site or something. Okay. After. So um, the next question is from, well, actually, we have two questions from um, um, Leon, who is um, D- um, D- uh, DG Headlock on Twitter. Mine and Jules' adopted child. Yep. He's our son. And uh, he's so he his to- bio. Yeah, so he had two questions, and the first question was, how do you think Kenneth's career would look like today if he didn't get hurt all the time? I don't, that's a good question. I, when I was thinking about this, I think he would have been a Dreamgate champion by now. Yeah. I think I think they would have given him a short run. Um, I, I also think he just would have been, um, I mean, he's just so popular with the fan base, and his character is so iconic that I think he would have gotten a dream gate run. I think he would have gotten another longer brave gate run than the little one he had in 2010. And I think he probably would have, um, I think that's probably the big difference is he would have gotten longer single saddle yeah. runs. Yeah. Poor baby. Is that all? 
I guess so. I don't really think. I that, mean, can't that, think that's, that's, that's I think he would have had a longer heel. I think he would have had a longer heel run too. Uh, actually, yeah, would have seen like a longer heel run from him. But and uh, so the other question from Leon was. Um, who do we think is the most complete wrestler in Dragon Gate? Uh, I think the easy answer is Tozawa, but because um, he, yeah. he flies, he brawls, he does everything. The only the other one I would do too is maybe, and people are gonna hate me for this answer, but probably T Hawk. Ah! Yeah, God forbid we say T Hawk is good at anything. <laughs> He flies. He, he, you know, he does. He does the flying. He's improving on the microphone. He, um, power moves. he does the power moves. He, I like his selling most of the time. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's improving a lot, and I, I like his, I like his work, and I think, I think he's complete. He's a complete wrestler. I think the Night Ride is one of the best finishers in Dragon Gate right now. Yeah, I have to say, I would have to go. I think my top three for most complete wrestlers in Dragon Gate are Yoshino, Tozawa, and Hulk. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good pretty good list. I don't know. Um, <coughs> Yoshino definitely, to me, is the best like wrestler in Dragon Gate if we're going completely off of like, in-ring ability. Yeah. I think Yoshino, yeah. personally, to me, is the best. Um, I don't know if he's the most complete. Because he doesn't have as much charisma as Tozawa does, even though he has a lot of charisma. And um, Hulk is just—he just does a lot of—he does a lot of stuff. He's pretty charismatic. I like his kicks. He has some high-flying maneuvers. So I have those three for most complete wrestler in Dragon Gate. If I had to pick one, I would still go with Yoshino. What do you got, Dylan? It has to be the tiebreaker because you both pick someone different. Um, I don't know. I'd say I, I, I'd give it to Tozawa just because I've seen Tozawa outside of Dragon Gate a lot. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that really helps have me. It helps me for my opinion because like there are people who can go to one promotion and do a really, really, really good job in that promotion. And I know Yoshina's wrestled a little bit outside of Dragon Gate too. But I mean Tozawa's had extended runs in America and Tozawa did fantastic. And there, I know there's a lot of um people who talk about it how fantastic he was and he, you know, went did Dragon Gate USA and did uh he's done P W G too and like he he's he's so good. He translates well. Which I think is, you know, really important because some people are really popular with like one fan base but they don't translate to another one very well. But I think Tozawa is translates internationally like anywhere he goes people you know they can get into him and they can like him and love his charisma and they can appreciate him and i think that um very true yeah because like anywhere he goes people love him anywhere he goes people love him and i you know i think that's good like if he were to go to america to do another extended run he would do just fine and he you know so i'll have to go with tozawa all right i i basically hear tozawa i just i feel like i hear that i hear him call the most complete wrestler so often that I wanted to try and give somebody else, you know, a, a shot here at it. But I think if Yoshino think, wrestled, like, if we could see him wrestle more outside of Dragon Gate now, you know, then there might be some. Yeah. Um, But, like, it's really hard. I don't know, it's really hard because, like, I mean, like, there's some wrestlers, like I said, like, um, who are really good with one fan base but not necessarily as good with another. I don't think we've seen him outside of Dragon Gate enough to really know if, he like, an extended stay somewhere else would work out well for him. So... 
Alright, so... I, I, I um, do know that Leon had one more question. I don't know if um, he ever added the main account, but I know he added my private account, so I want to throw this one in here real quick. Who do we think is representing Dragon Gate in the Super J Cup? Oh, yeah, I did see that. So that, um, so that well, okay. For sure. So Jay mentioned Punch Tomonaga. I don't know if that was a joke or what, but... I, I uh, honestly think that he would translate well to, like... Because I know the Super J Cup's going to have, like, a lot of New Japan fans there. I think he would translate pretty well to that audience. Like, they like goofy characters. They might go for him. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Dalton Cowley would be as over as he was in Japan, in, in New Japan. So, like, you you never know with people. It's a shot in the dark. Personally, I think Tozawa and or Yoshino. Uh, maybe, very probably, Eita. Yeah. I, I, think it, I think it needs to be someone they're comfortable with jobbing, because I don't think they're going to win. No. But, um, hey, I would like so. New Japan to not win, if I could just throw that in there. Like, I know <laughs> but it's not even a personal thing. I know they're hosting it, but it would like it would be nice to not see them win. I'm still a little bit like upset DDT isn't involved at all, but Suzuki-Goon got to go in as like their own company. Uh, yeah. You that signed was, Noah uh, in New Japan. You count. Like, you didn't need to go in as your own company, but DDT didn't get to go in at all, which is kind of sad. Because they just had Rio to graduate, so he. Was I think fun. there's, I think there's some heat there after the Abushi thing. <laughs> still in, still in. That was still such a. I told Jules, I'm like, you know, they're so fucking salty over Coda, they won't let them be in for Jake. Still in. Still in. Um, I think there's actually some scheduling issues with DDT. I know that they have a show coming up, but DDT's got like a pretty extensive roster. I don't think it would have bled them dry to send like one dude over because it's only you know like one person. I think they could have scheduled the round. The the things things that I saw were about scheduling issues. All right. Well, either way, DDT's not in it. Um, Dragon Gate, I would like to see. Who would I like to see? I would like to see one established guy and one young guy. So let's say Tozawa and Linda Man, I would like to see. Yeah. So that's who I would like to say. But who do I think will be in it? I think it'll be Tozawa and, like, Yoshino, probably. I want want it to be Ada. I know people are going to get pissed if it's Ada, but I still want it to be Ada. I really, I really think Ada has a, has a great chance to go because it could be a good platform for him to show his skills. But I don't think Dragon Gate has a lot of problems with him getting pinned by every New Japan guy. So yeah. So that's all, right. all that does is increases his chance of going because I mean yeah yeah I I don't know I, it, it, it's weird it's weird I think it's funny though because um if we're talking juniors who could go. I don't know if Ishimori will still have his title at the time, but if he doesn't have it, he might get drafted for the Super yeah, J Cup. I know he doesn't have the title anymore. Did he lose it? Yes. When did that happen? I'm not keeping up with Noah right now. Kani Moro won. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. I know Kanemaru is probably going in for Suzuki Goon. Like I'm pretty sure he's going in. But if Ishimori goes in, like I know John wrote about it, he was groomed to be one of the. Which was it? Which was the which? Or you like, X. Yeah, he was groomed to be their ace at one point. So that might be. A little, well, he was their. He was their yeah, ace was, for their story. So like that'd be a little interesting it. moment, and I was, and I think he's one of their better, you know, juniors anyway. So he should go. But like you know, a little interesting moment there. Send somebody who might have known him. I. I absolutely, if there, if Kano does not go from Noah, I'm going to go to the Noah offices and burn them to the ground. <laughs> anybody has care, to does anybody care if we run through the promotions real quick and just say who we want? Because I know we've got, like, we've got a little bit of extra leeway here. And there's That's not right. that many promotions. I don't think it would hurt if we ran through them real quick. So Noah, Noah, I want Kano and Ishimori. Yeah, me too. Um, also, Hajime Ohara would be cool. I mean, yeah. you can't really have Kano going anywhere without Ohara following behind him, so... 
That's cute, yeah. though. I love their partnership. Their little match together was so good. Yes, I so love that good. match. And then Kenno's match with Ishimori was also so good. That finishing stretch into the pin was amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's Noah Suzuki Gun. I guess we're going to have Kanemaru. I would rather see... I hope so. Uh, I would, I, would, I, I really want to see Tai Chi, oh. but I don't know. I also would like to see Despy. I think there, I think, you know, he, I like Despy, I like Despy a lot. But, uh, uh, but I think any of them going in would be great, though, because they are so good with their characters. I love them I to think, death. Uh, you know what? I think uh, Kanemaru and Tai Chi and Despy could all go in for Suzuki good, because I think that Taka might go in as a giant high dojo representative. Oh, shit. oh yeah, yes, that's true. He could. I forgot that... that I forgot that K-Dojo was even entered in it, because you never... They, they, they don't tend to do very no, well. And then I, don't know, I don't know if he qualifies, but I want the, the, I want that uh, the Nozor Takuma to be in it. Oh I, my god, that would be fantastic. Really, he is so cute. Does, does anyone even know what that other promotion is? What, the uh, one with the, the dragon thing. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even remember the name, because I don't, I don't it's know. It's really long, in all fairness. Um, let me yeah. what, find their name and I'll see if I can. I remember I looked this up on Cage Match and it was some local promotion. So that that I'd never heard of. They're, any... they're not going to win that. <laughs> show for yeah. them. Yeah. Zero, so I have no idea who's going to win. Zero one. I'm thinking Hayato. Yeah, going probably. For them. If Hayato Juju Fujita, that that'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be him. I don't know how many other guys they're going to send. Um, but I think it I... could be Sugarera. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, everybody's hopes and dreams. Fucking send Doi so he can make fun of him one more time, please. Um, I've rewatched that 500 times since you mentioned it, and I can't stop laughing and <laughs> making fun of Doi. Yeah. All right, so... Um, I don't know, Zero One's weird because they're like, they have their guys, but then they do, they import a lot of indie dudes, too. Because yeah. I know Yashi's not signed to literally anywhere, but I know he does a lot of zero one appearances. So is Hayato Junior Fujita considered a zero one guy? I thought he was a I thought he was a uh, Michinoku Pro guy. He might be Michinoku Pro. I just I, I he's there enough that I would say he's a safer bet for them than like half the people who wrestle for him. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think we could see Minoru Tanaka too, who I think is considered yeah. a zero one guy, and he has a history in New Japan. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if he goes from CMLL. CML, I think we're definitely getting the new the the, the new Mystico. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I I also think we're definitely getting Dragon Lee. Yeah. So I don't know who else beyond that, but Maybe I think Fuego, those two are. Fuego, just because he was really popular with the crowds during Fantastica Mania. That yeah. was a wild ass time. It always feels like I'm on drugs when Fantastica Mania rolls around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from Ring of Honor, I mean, you gotta have like Red Dragon are probably gonna be in it. I mean, with as popular as they are in New Japan, it's, it's, I think it's a safe bet we're going to get at least Kyle. I hope. Um, oh my I think they would go with Kyle more than they would Bobby because they seem to have a little bit more of a bias toward Kyle. Um, but understandable because he's younger. Also, like, and he's, and he's better. And he's a lot better. <laughs> like somebody, like my friend Nicole said, what, what happens to Bobby Fish if Kyle O'Reilly doesn't want their team anymore? And I'm like, he he goes away. That's what's going to happen to him. Um, other than, I mean, Seidel might go. Um, yeah, Seidel is probably going to go. Yeah. I can't really think of anyone else they would send. Maybe Cheeseburger, but just for the fun. But, like... His t-shirt sold out before, like, everybody else's. I still remember that picture. Cheeseburger uh, is the best, though. 
She's amazing. I love him. He is. And that's another case of, like, I never expected him to get, like, super duper over in New Japan. (laughs) They latch on, like, people in the most random ways. But they were like, yes, we like this guy. And then all of it, and I remember the picture of all of his shirts being sold out. And then, like, there were other shirts for sale still. And I'm like, I can't fucking believe it. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's really good friends with Kushida, which is absolutely adorable. They were, they were, I don't know if you saw the pictures, even though I was, like, frantically retweeting every single one of them. Cheeseburger, Kyle, and Kushida went to um, uh, BJJ dojo and we're training together and they were there with isao kobayashi which is uh, i know and i don't don't want to talk about it it was all right so so cute they were so cute together i was like oh look at them all the friends yeah so that's the super j cup um we'll talk more about it as we get closer but there's some of the guys we want to see in the in the tournament all right so philip kagatora who is at statoki i don't know on twitter Will Kagatora get a Brave Gate run? General opinions on him. First of all, will will Kagator ever wrestle again? I mean, uh, I really want him to come back. I hate that Dragon Gate doesn't give us fucking updates on their injuries. It makes me so mad. Like, they don't even give us, like, this is how long they're going to be out for. Like, you know, at least with most of the American wrestlers, they give you, like, this is about how long they're going to be out for, so you can, like, kind of, you know, get excited for that. But fucking, we don't know if these guys are ever coming back because they never tell us anything. Um, I hope so, because Kakator is amazing. I want to see the Jimmys together again. They're not a whole family until he comes back. And it's it's so sad that he's been gone for so long. But, you know, this just lends credibility to people being worried that maybe Naoki accidentally hurt him. Yeah. Because um, he was injured. Who the... You don't let somebody do, like, actual moves on someone who's injured. All you're going to do is make the injury worse. So he, you know, that could have that been it for him. I don't know. I, I know he's still, like... Helps them sell merch and stuff, but I don't know about wrestling because they've not even had him like pop in ring since that yeah, no, um, moment. He, he was he was in Osaka um, during the sumo's entrance ceremony. So as far as we know, he's still um, he's still involved with the Jimmies and he's still you know working towards recovery. And this is actually where I come in with what I wanted to say about Maria versus Tadizaki. Oh. And um. Basically, I think the only way Tanizaki wins the title from Maria, or Tanizaki wins the title at all in the coming months, so that would be against Maria, I think the only way he's winning it is if Kagatora is coming back to take it away from him. Either way, Naoki dies, and that's... Basically, what I'm trying to say is, um, I hope, well, I really want Kagatora to come back, that's a fact. And but not yet. If, if he come, No, if he comes back, I think, I think that if... Tanizaki wins the title from Maria, um, and that's going to be actually next week. Well, not actually. Um, it's a week from tomorrow. Um, if Tanizaki wins the title from Maria, I think it's uh, an indication that Kagetora might be coming back, because I think that they might put the title on Tanizaki to have Kagetora come back, feud with him for obvious reasons. And then they have a title match in which Kagetora comes out victorious. I think Kagetora is long overdue for a Brave Gate run. Um, yeah. And I know, I know I'm kind of reaching far um, in saying that, but lest we forget that Tanizaki and Kagetora actually have had a Brave Gate match before. Oh my god, I remember that. I remember that. In 2009, they had a match for the vacant title. Um, It was the finals of a tournament, and Tanizaki came out on top. 
And so I know that's far reaching and they probably that was, that was the one his daughter was at, wasn't it? That was that was the match with Tanizaki's daughter at Reese. That was yeah. so sad. Like at one point, like they showed her face and she was crying. Yeah. And she yeah. was like, Papa, and like the announcers saw it and they like called attention to how upset she was because she was like legitimately afraid he was getting hurt. Yeah. But um and basically Tanizaki won that won that match and he won the title and that's the only time he's won the Bravier title. Um in his career, which is really, it's always really fucking weird to me to remember that Tanizaki is nearly 40 years old. Um, which I just said it. going to be one of the old men soon. That's great. Yeah, I just said it. It sounds weird. Tanizaki is nearly 40 years old. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think uh, Kagetora, if he comes back, it will be a feud with Tanizaki, and it will probably be over the Brave Gate title. So... You know, everything that I wanted to say about Tanizaki versus Maria, I think the only reason Tanizaki might win the title is so that he can feud with Kajetora when Kajetora returns. So if Tanizaki wins the title, I think we can maybe expect Kajetora to return soon. And do I think Kajetora gets a brave date run in the future? Absolutely. I think he deserves it. He's one of the most innovative, amazing, interesting wrestlers in Dragon Gate. I hope he comes back soon, and that was uh, what I had to say about that. If he comes back soon enough, I hope that Big T get to defend against um, Kagator and Sumu then, because Which those two, team. those that two are good. a fucking amazing team. In fact, that's most people's um, favorite Jimmy's tag team. So like, he's not you know he wasn't really you know there for Yamadoi to beat the fuck out of. So like, I mean, him coming back with Susumu, and that would at least you know help you know, vary it up because there's so many set tag teams in Dragon Gate that basically if you want Big T to have a long run, they're going to have to run through a lot of the same teams that Yamadori did. So having uh, Kagatora come back and team with Susumi, that would at least give them some fresh opponents. Yeah. As opposed to facing Kinesuka again, you know, Absolutely. to have them come in and wrestle, so. Absolutely. Uh, John? What's that? What, did you have anything else to say? <laughs> Not really. I don't really. I mean, I like Kagatora, but I don't really. I'm, it's, he's not one of my favorites or anything, to be honest. So, he's he's cool. Sweet, I don't really. Sweet. I never. I never really thought of him as like. Um. I. I don't. I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about him. I guess is the best I can say. He doesn't. I don't dislike him. I don't love him. He's just kind of there for me. Oh, I just have to say something too. Um. I hope that he comes back with the beautiful beard that he grew during his injury. Please, he looks so good. Oh, my he God. He looks really good. He looks really good. When they come back from injury and look better than they did when they left, that's a nice moment. <laughs> On that note, Hulk better come back and never spike the hair ever again. Oh, my God. That haircut is terrible. Anyway, um, so we have another question, but I'm not exactly sure I understand it. Um, it's from HitKid2014 on Twitter. And it's about... Yeah, I didn't get this one yet. Yeah, it's about the cage match, the dead or alive cage cage match. But, I don't know, do we think it should be suited to just one show such as Dead or Alive? I mean, it's the dead or alive cage match. I don't think they'll ever do it on another show. I think, I think, um... And this is this is something that the WWE fucks up all the time. I think when it comes to gimmick matches, you need to severely limit your amount of them. Because... You use them too much and they get old really fast. Um, 
and I think I think you know there's you know there's already a lot of interference and shit in Dragon Gate, so like you could argue that every match is like a half no holds barred match. But I think reserving the cage for Dead or Alive makes it special. Yeah, because whipping it out for you know any little thing is just it's not suitable. And I know a lot of people are like it's a definitive. Well, no, it's not definitive if you use it over and over and over and over and over again. So I think leaving it for Dead or Alive, I think that helps it um, keep what makes it the most special as opposed to like using this thing all the time and then making people sick of it. And I think like, I'm not a big fan of cage matches cause like the rate for injury is a lot higher and the work rate of Dragon Gate wrestlers is already incredibly high for what they do in the ring. So maybe let's not put them in a cage where they could get hurt. Cause like you lose one guy and that could screw up plans that go months into the future. Cause Dragon Gate, you know, is typically really careful with how they plan things and injuries can sideline, you know, Hulk got injured and, Dia Hart's kind of was fucked, basically, because they didn't get to do very much after Hulk got injured. So, you know, maybe don't put them in a position where they might risk getting more injured than they, you know, the risks they already face. And then that lets 